Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're in the right place for the greatest sports talk radio sensation show podcast thing in all of college radio, if not radio in general. I'm Luke Wiggs, Ben Mackey, Benjamin Mackey, good old BM. That's terrible. Yeah, we're, thank no, you for that one. We're going away from I've that one. I've heard that one before. I apologize. I set you up for failure. Uh, in the big chair, we're calling you up to the big leagues. Uh, Daniel Woods, we can only assume at this point, is dead. Someone has to step up when Daniel Woods can't be trusted. I mean, he, he is at large. <laughs> if you know of his whereabouts, he's, uh, he's with the Big 12 uh, soccer tournament, the women, blah, blah, blah. The, the, we like to think that he's dead. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben Mackey is stepping in. He's our co-host for tonight. we got a jam-packed show. Ben, are you excited? So excited, Luke. You have no idea. Oh, <laughs> all right. Maybe, maybe not that excited. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on, as we always do to begin the show, uh, a brief look around high school football in the state of West Virginia that you yourself was exposed to at the highest level, at least when it comes to Monongalia County, your first ever Mohawk Bowl. Now, university kind of beat the pants off of Morgantown. It was a game. It was a 28-14. Morgantown had the ball. Uh, but you got the first look at a university high team that uh, is one of the best in uh, – Class AAA, unfortunately, fell to five in the latest playoff rankings, if I'm correct. But they're still undefeated, and you got to see why. University, they're winning state. They're they're the best. Three, <laughs> they're the best AAA high school team I've seen all year. Um, of the two, yeah, of the two, yeah. Mo- no, Morgantown tried to make it a game. Did University run back the kickoff? I think they it did. Was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Opening kick. Yeah. No, so, no, 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 no. It was a first was play a from scrimmage. It was a first, oh, play, from first play from scrimmage. First play from scrimmage. Seam out of the slot, touchdown. Yep. Yeah. Not ideal. Mor- or University jumped on Morgantown pretty quickly, but uh, Morgantown tried to make it a game. They were kind of undermanned. Uh, it seemed like, and the triple option didn't seem to didn't seem to work too well. Um, Not ideal. No. I I don't know why they're running a, a military academy offense at Morgantown High School still, but you know what? It, it, it was fun. It, it, it's an important game for the townies. I was I was glad to be there. Townies, the townies. Um, shoot, I was. I guess that's something we have to talk about in the college football state. Uh, what is what's his face got hired at Georgia Southern? So that's the end of the triple option down there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I dropped that bomb on you. Uh, by the way, final week of high school football in the regular season, week eleven. Um, it's win or get in for three of the four Monongalia County schools. Trinity plays Madonna. Um, Morgantown is on the road to Spring Valley. University has a chance to cap off their fourth ever undefeated regular season against Oak Hill. And uh, Clay Battelle takes on 100. So uh, Morgantown needs a win to get in. Clay Battelle needs a win to get in. University is just playing for seeding. Trinity unofficially is in regardless from what I understand, but officially would be in with a win uh, over Madonna. Their last uh, Friday's game ended with uh, some interesting circumstances. We won't get into some controversy up in Cameron that ended with the... Uh, the rematch. Yeah, with the game getting postponed in the third quarter uh, due to some uh, unpleasantries, is what we'll say. Uh, there's a chance that they could match up again in the first round. 
Ooh. That would just not Ooh. be a good idea. For not <laughs> a good idea. But yeah. uh, the, the the playoff rankings take no prisoners, uh, just like they do in college football, which we'll be talking about next. But uh, we'll be back next week to begin the show uh, talking about high school football in the Mountain State and, and what it means with potentially all four Monongalia County schools making the postseason. Playoff rankings are going to be the hot-button topic that we'll discuss in the college football segment next as the sports page rolls on, 91.7 FM, U92. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. U92 The Moose is your home for the best sports coverage you're going to find here on the campus of West Virginia University. It all starts on Wednesdays from 6 to 10. It's the Sports Block on U92. From 6 to 8, we're talking WVU sports with a tilt towards on-campus coverage. From 8 to 10, it's the sports page taking a look at all the national stories you want to hear the U92 sports staff talk about. Then, at the bottom of every hour, tune in for breaking news on all of the top stories in sports by members of the U92 staff. And finally, live sports on U92 The Moose are the bread and butter. Tune in for coverage of both WVU soccer teams, women's basketball, baseball, and WVU hockey. Live on U92, 91.7 FM and U92TheMoose.com. You're not going to want to miss any of the sports here on U92. Pick up a copy of the Daily Athenaeum every Thursday morning from a newsstand on campus. The Daily Athenaeum is WVU's independent, student-run newspaper, reporting on what matters to you. Reporting by students, for students. Pick up a copy today and read more at thedaonline.com. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. They say singing can help you remember things, so here's some tips for parents out there during these tough times. Number one. Make sure your kids wash their hands for 20 seconds after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside. Two. Virtual play dates, social and physical distancing can help save lives. Three. Tell them they're safe and show your love and pride. Yes, we'll get through this together. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Back into the sports page, 91.7 FM, U92. It's time for everybody's favorite, most controversial segment, and that is the college football segment. Tanner's here. Logan's here. Ben is still here. Just can't get rid of him. 
Daniel, we were able to get rid of. He's in uh, Round Rock, Texas, right now. You guys know <laughs> where Round Rock, Texas? You guys know where Round Rock, Texas is without cheating? Somewhere outside Dallas. It is north of Austin. North of Austin. No, no, you didn't, you didn't even I'm sorry. That's what I was going to go. Oh, okay, right. okay, right, okay. Come on now. All right, guys. So it's no shocker what we're going to talk about for the segment. College football playoff rankings come out for the first time. I'll be honest with you. I have not met one person that is satisfied with the original, the in- initial top 25. I know it doesn't matter that much because we're so far to go. I know that this is television. Everybody keeps reminding me it's drama, it's intrigue, it's appealing to the big markets, it's whatever. I despise this ranking. You know, you'd be completely right in all the argument for it's television, it's all this and that and that. But then did you hear what the people had to say about why they put who, where, and why Cincinnati's not in the top four? I mean, they go, well, we've really only looked at the past two weeks. Well, then you're not – you shouldn't be ranking these teams. You know, I I saw a great tweet where it said, why don't we let Vegas pick the top four? Yeah. That would be completely impartial. I would agree with that. I think that that, that's a great idea. Um, There's, what, 13 people on the college football playoff committee? Yeah, and they're all ADs. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't even make sense. There's no way these guys have time to watch football. (laughs) Let's be real. All of them are at games. Right. They, yeah. they don't have time to watch any other games. They're there unlocking they're the barely, stadium, letting the band in at right. like 9 a.m. They're barely watching their own team play. Listen, Gene Smith isn't because that turf isn't new at Ohio State. I'll tell you that much. All right. That's just another, you know. But th- this ranking is terrible. It's, it's complete. It, it, it's awful. I mean, losses don't count for Alabama, obviously. It's that, but they yeah. do for Ohio so State, and we, Cincinnati's undefeated. We will go individually through it, I promise. I want to start with this. I mentioned this uh, with Ben earlier. Uh, in a previous program, if I'm correct, what I heard today was the lowest a team has ever started in the college football ranking that has then gone on to make the college football playoff is 11th. That was Ohio State in 2014. Guys, you look at this right now, that seems to be about the same range. Logan, I'll start with you. Uh, Oklahoma State's your 11th. Uh, Baylor right behind them at 12th in a similar boat. How many of these teams, as you look at this list, realistically have a chance of making the college football playoff, because to me it looks like 12. I would say nine. I think nine up. I think anything from nine. Nine's Wake Forest, so obviously if Wake Forest goes undefeated in the ACC, a Power 5 conference, they'll be in the playoff. Yeah, don't get me wrong. So those... I think nine, because nine, eight's Oklahoma, seven Michigan, Cincinnati, then we know the top five. So I think nine up, they all have realistic shots. Um, I don't see a team past nine. I don't think Notre Dame with one loss is going to get in. No. Well, what I was going to say is I, I say through 12, but those teams need a lot of help. Yeah. I, I, like, there's They're not, there's no path for two loss Auburn getting in. That's 13. There is a path for, is it a, it's a, it's a narrow, winding, whatever path, that's, that's but it fair. is a I guess, path. I get that point. That's a fair point. I mean, Baylor could win out. They would need help. They need a lot of help. I think anything, anybody above nine can control their own path because I think everything, because I think the way it works out, it's going to work a lot, a lot differently for teams that are 10, 11, 12, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and, and Ben, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, the Big 12 is just getting a complete middle finger from the committee in this. Because Oklahoma, who I understand was as ambitious when we all gave our top four for TCT a little while ago. I had second. You can laugh at me. I get it. Oklahoma State at 11. I mentioned Baylor uh, at 12. And then really no love outside of that. Obviously, Iowa State just lost. Big 12 is getting completely shafted by this ranking. Well, yeah, we're saying the Big 12 is getting no love, but I do think that three of the teams have a path to get in. I, I think I think 11 of the top 12 have a path to get in, not Notre Dame. Um, Baylor, if they went out win the Big 12 championship, I 
I, I can't see them getting left out. Uh, it does depend a little bit on what the other teams do. Um, but, you know, Michigan State wins out. They win the Big Ten. They're in. Um, there's a couple of things that, that took me by surprise with the rankings. The first thing is that they're leaving the door open for Alabama to lose to Georgia in the yep, SEC title exactly game and where stay I was going in, next. which is very surprising to me. I thought they would be at two um, coming into this week. I said it last week on TCT, but it surprised me that, that, that the playoff committee was as bold as they were in putting Alabama at two because it leaves the door open for the first two-loss team ever to get into the college football playoff. I'm very surprised at Oregon at four. Um, they lost to Stanford. Stanford is not as good, but you're, is not very good. But you're seeing they're not penalizing teams as much for losses mm-hmm. this year because they don't want to put Cincinnati in the playoff. That 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 has to be the reason they don't want Cincinnati in the playoffs. So they're not penalizing teams for losses as much as they're boosting teams up that have really good wins. That's what I was about to say. I mean, they're valuing wins for Oregon to go to Columbus and beat them in the horseshoe. I think that's a huge that's a huge that's bet. a huge win. But if you're evaluating wins, Cincinnati went to South Bend and beat number ten Notre Dame. Right. I mean, it, it, Oregon know, has the best win in the country, though. It, it's not. I, close. I don't think. Yeah. I mean. That's a completely different Ohio State team than what we saw on the field in the last couple of weeks. But uh, that's that. But it makes that stands. one even better as they continue to win. Right, right, and I, I agree with that. But then shouldn't they be above Alabama? Because who's Alabama yes. beaten? Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah, just, <laughs> you know. Well, now Alabama's beaten a lot of teams. Now that Mississippi State is in the ranking, Ole Miss obviously still in there. Well, let's talk they about play Auburn though. They just play Auburn. Right. Let's talk about Alabama because Ben's exactly right. That was the nightmare uh, scenario I was going to go to next. Uh, Texas A and M is playing much better than we thought when they beat. I mean, they beat Alabama. Obviously, that ended up looking like a not incredibly horrible loss. You went out and then you lose to Georgia. And you give them their closest game of the year, which is probably what's going to happen. Then the committees put themselves in a position to put two loss Alabama in the playoff. It has to be because if you can hang with Georgia and that's a ten point or less loss, then they're the only team that can hang with Georgia, and they have to get in. I don't agree with it, but putting them at two is the exact situation you put yourself in for. No, but I don't. I don't agree because I think they have to beat Georgia to get really? in. Really? Yeah, because think about it. If Georgia beats them. Georgia's 13-0, they're the one seed. If Oregon wins out, I think Oregon's in. I think if Michigan State or Ohio State wins out, and then if Oklahoma wins out. yeah. Oh, but Oklahoma State's going to come all the way up from eight, though. Oklahoma. I mean, or Oklahoma, I should Oklahoma say. Oklahoma goes undefeated. The if, if they're 13-0, I think, it, it, I think yeah. Georgia, Alabama still has a tough path. They need a lot of people to lose, and they have to win. That but starting them at two, but they're leaving the helps. door open is the thing. Yeah. They've never done anything like that before. If Alabama gets in two loss – uh, non-conference champion when Penn State in 2016 was left out with two losses and they won the Big Ten, it's going to be, I mean, there's going to there's gonna be fights in the streets. But I, I do think Oklahoma un- unbeaten gets in. I don't think it matters that they're starting at eight. They haven't shown that they're a top four I, team I will this say, year. you could say make the argument that Big 12 teams have the most table flexibility I think at this point because they all play each other at this point. Well, Penn's or, or um, the Big Ten yeah, too. I was say, the Big Ten East is still a gauntlet because Michigan hasn't played Ohio State. Michigan hasn't or Ohio State hasn't played Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Any one of those three teams 
I guess realistic runway, I was, was going to say, because some people are banking on Big Ten teams ba- uh, beating up on each other. Uh, one of the things I was right about last week was Michigan State uh, rising all the way up to three. We, yeah, I mean, you did, you did call that last. Do week. we agree? I mean, that's. I, I think that them at three right now is perfectly fine. They're an undefeated team. They beat a top ten team in Michigan last yeah. week. But Logan, I mean, you'd have to say this. This team does look full of holes. <laughs> to yeah, be I fair, mean, besides the fact they probably have their best running, the best running back in the country. I mean, he might win the Heisman Trophy. By the way, yeah. Done. I mean, Kenneth Walker, the la- uh, that's I mean, that's quarterback. I'm five putting tuts. on dude. I'm putting all my beans into that Heisman he's not, campaign. He's right not now. the best. They don't have the best quarterback in the world, actually. Probably out of all those quarterbacks we've talked about from Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State, and Michigan State, out of those four, he's probably the worst. Mm. They have some holes. I don't know if they can. They still have to play Penn State and Ohio State. Those are two tough teams. I just think they have a lot of holes. And that, that Ohio State game is in Columbus. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's a. But even, Ohio even, State plays Michigan State and Michigan back to back, which is. And you're easy. still confident that they're running through well, that. Well. Um, if the offense can play, yeah, I, I think that they could. I mean, they didn't play their greatest game, and they still were able to beat Penn State by double digits. I mean, it wasn't the best game ever by any means. Um, the defensive line didn't play great at all. And I, I, Penn State's also probably the best defense that Ohio right, State will face. Right, and, I mean, Penn State, if they wouldn't have lost to Illinois, we would have called this a great performance, right? That There's no way that line wouldn't have been 18-and-a-half like it was and all of that stuff. Um, so, you know, it, it was an interesting game to watch for sure. And, and C.J. Stroud looked fine. And Travion Henderson, I mean, he, he's not getting the love he really deserves, I don't think. He, he pops big runs off all the time. Uh, and you're okay with, obviously, our resident Ohio State fan for the time being in your <laughs> position. The, uh, the, the Oregon one loss over Stanford over the win of Ohio State, putting them at four and Ohio State at five. I mean – Guess it doesn't matter at this point, right? Right. right. I guess that's the way Ohio State fans are looking at it. Um, my Cincinnati friends are way more angry at the committee, obviously. Um, but Ohio State controls their own destiny. I don't know if Oregon does, because if Oklahoma wins out and Ohio State wins the Big Ten, let's say, and the top two stay the same, I think Oregon gets bombed. You think so? Well, I mean, Oregon in terms of quality Oregon of wins, because they don't play anybody. Else anybody. I see what you're you know? saying. And, I mean, Oregon people are going to be mad because you know they went in and beat Ohio State, but he lost to Stanford still. Uh, Logan, we talked about Pitt last week, and we'll talk about their upset. Unfortunately, um, they've fallen all the way to 25, so obviously their playoff hopes are dashed. I want to ask you this question: Seeing what we've seen now with everyone, everything shaking out, the Big 12 not necessarily getting a ton of love right off the rip. Uh, their compatriots in Wake Forest undefeated at nine. If Pitt wins that game last week, are they in the top twelve of this initial college football playoff ranking? No, they're probably like fifteen, sixteen. I don't hmm. know if they would have got ahead of all the SEC teams because if you have Auburn, A and M, Mississippi State, Mississippi, Kentucky, I mean the whole twelve, you know, the whole thirteen through eighteen is pretty much SEC teams. So I don't know if they would have gotten the top twelve. By the way, it was a good performance, but I still don't know if they would have gotten the top twelve. You guys are going to have to help me if you have the rankings in front of you. Does the SEC obviously they have the number one team? Do they also have the highest ranked? They also have the highest ranked one loss team on this list. Highest they, ranked two loss team, and, and the they also have the highest ranked three, three loss team. Yep. <laughs> Says something, doesn't it? Um, let's talk about that game though, uh, as we talk about the upsets that happened last week. Um, this was fresh off of Logan's hot take. And Logan, I wanted to begin this segment, and we want to talk about the college football rankings. I apologize. I left you alone to die on Kenny Pickett Hill. Kenny Pickett, 
outside of obviously the game ceiling interception, which was a pretty important throw. He throws for 519 yards in this game against Miami. This is a fun game. And this is a better Miami team than 4-4, in my opinion. Obviously, it's a team that Pitt, if they wanted to be not pretenders, should have won. Wildly entertaining fan from just a college football fan standpoint. Pitt can't run. They let Kenny Pickett throw 55 times, but in the end, it wasn't enough. Yeah, I mean, I think Pickett, you know, he tried. I mean, he tried. You know, like you said, Miami's a lot better of a team. And we saw the athletic director release a statement couple days ago saying they want to move forward with Manny Diaz mm. on the future so I mean I think you know you look at what Pitt did they, they gave it a valiant effort um Kenny Pickett I think he's going to be on that field in my opinion for a long time uh in, in that city it's a future Steelers quarterback I you're absolutely right yeah so I think please don't say that <laughs> why not why not it wouldn't be the worst scenario I don't need a 30 year old rookie quarterback <laughs> No, but you think about how they draft quarterbacks. You need someone who's going to be able to play in that city, and he's played it for the last four, well, last yeah. five, nobody six cares years. About it just seems football. like it just seems like James Conner part two. Yeah, and seems nobody like he's cares come about out. pit football. Don't get me wrong. I like. I I, I hate to say it about a a pit panther. I like the way Kenny Pickett plays football. I didn't get to see the game stealing interception because I was at Milan Pushkar at the time. I heard about it, which is a shame. I like him. I I, I feel like you'd rather have. You don't think he'd be a good stiller. I've really, you'd a good rather stiller? I don't know. You'd rather have him in the third round than what's his face strong right. kid from out I, west I, I in think the first. He's a better pick. Well, the only, the only better option is Aaron Rodgers comes over. And well, free. all right, don't <laughs> get him. Don't get me too excited. They they might be willing to start Dwayne Haskins. You never know. I don't know. I mean, to get back on, I guess I'll get back on subject here. I think Pitt is still. I think Kenny Pickett's a legitimate quarterback. He's a legitimate Heisman contender, and I think they do end up knocking off Wake Forest and winning the ACC. Give me a quick argument. Uh, I'll show my lack of college football knowledge here, Tanner. So Logan last week yeah. says Kenny Pickett's his Heisman. Everyone laughs at it. I remember oh, that. I, I go and look at the tape, and I go, you know, I, I see it. Kenny Pickett loses the game. I get it. Yeah. He throws for 515 yards. Tell me why. And again, I'm a college football moron here. He doesn't make have a shot of making the four to go to New York. Or do you think he does? Well, there's two in the Big Ten, and yeah. there's two in the SEC. So it's just I, the I, fact I, of quality players above him is what you're saying. Yeah. I think this is, well, who's I the think, second one in the SEC besides Matt Corral? Bryce Young. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, Bryce oh, Young I might get an invite. I, I know that you don't I, like I say, to hear that. Bryce Young to but Kenny you know, Pickett I, there's straight a lot up. Of uh, I, his name is slipping my mind right now. The Georgia defender. Everybody thinks he hmm. should win the Heisman. Not everybody, but I've seen a lot of people that say that. You know, I will say this. Um, that'd, be, that'd be sweet because he's not a quarterback. But I, I will say this. I know a Heisman voter. Shout out Kyle Wiggs. Um, oh, Kyle Wiggs, Heisman voter. Yeah. Every <laughs> single year, he's. I probably shouldn't say this, but I will. Every single year, he votes on the Heisman. He puts a defender, defensive player on. And I know a lot of other writers that do the same. Right. I, I would not be surprised to see him get invited. And it's then, so hard. Yeah, for but he never puts it, them one. It's no. So, <laughs> it's so hard for a defensive player. To, I think he put in Dominican Sue one. It, I think it, he told if, me that. Man, 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 I mean, uh. <laughs> well, if Georgia goes in and they just destroy Alabama behind him, I mean, if you're that much of a game changer, you should be considered. Now, I know it's flawed, but, you know, it's built for TV. Well, JT Daniels is going to come back for that game. Just watch. He'll come back. That'll be his first game back, and he'll just go off for Ooh. a bunch of yards. And You think so? Yeah. Um, let's talk about the game uh, now that everybody's attention was on. It did, did not disappoint in terms of the quality of entertainment. This one I was able to watch up until the end. 37-33. Uh, Michigan State defeats the Michigan Wolverines in that rivalry contest of the game that was in East Lansing. Uh, what else can we say about Kenneth Walker, I, 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 
in his 197 yards and five touchdowns. 8.6 yards per carry. You knew the ball was coming to him every time, Ben. It did not matter. Yeah, and they were down 30-14 to 14 with, I think, five minutes left in the, in the third quarter. And then Kenneth Walker just started doing his thing. The this game to me it was just it was two identical teams, two teams with good running games with not great quarterback play, um, and you didn't really know what the defense was were going to do about the running game, and and it kind of turned into that. The quarterbacks had a pretty good day, but I I think clearly Michigan State had the best player on the field that day, and that's why they won the game. Um, and Michigan throws the late. It was yeah. Michigan threw the late interception to seal this one. And yeah. I was watching this one with the sound and off. You could see uh, Harbaugh's face drop, but you know that's fine. <laughs> They're going to beat Ohio State's what he says. I think it's interesting though. They lost this game. They still end up being seventh on the initial college well, football I think playoff. That shows you how good Michigan State is in these in the college football committee's eyes. I mean the whole. I mean you got three teams of the Big Ten East right there. Um, I, it, it's tough to say. Because Michigan has played pretty good all year up to this point. They played good in that game. They just couldn't stop Kenneth Walker the third. I mean, nobody's really been successful at that, though, yet this year either. You look at the upcoming schedule for Michigan State, a lot of people smarter than me that know this game have said that for whatever reason they think Purdue has trap game written on it. Maryland obviously has a quarterback that could go nuts and win you a game in Tungvaloa. Then you've got Ohio State. And then you've got Penn State that at this point is just looking to wreck somebody's season. Right. Obviously, this speaks to what the Big Ten is capable of. But, you know, there's no guaranteed wins the rest of the way for Michigan State. Uh, Michigan, on the other hand, they have that down Indiana team. But then Penn State, Maryland, it's sort of a, a very similar schedule, right. like you said. They all three have a si- similar schedule. They, they play ahead of each other. So, obviously, Michigan State controls their own destiny in a way that Michigan does not. Is there? I, I guess with them coming out at number three, there's room for them to absorb a loss. I I think so. If they drop the game to Purdue and they come and beat Ohio State and they win their last game, then they're in the Big Ten title wow. game. And if they win the Big Ten title with one loss, yeah, I, I could see them getting in. Yeah, I don't know what the tiebreaker would be. The tiebreaker would be them beating Ohio State. In Michigan, not I guess in my head is that's the only game they can't lose. They need to beat right. Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. They right. have right. to beat Ohio State. Can't beat or Ohio, they or can't Ohio lose to Ohio State. Michigan to beat Ohio State. Right. The Big Ten's worst nightmare is all three of these teams beat each other in a circle. Right. Is Ohio State beating Michigan State and then Michigan beating Ohio State and then you have no one. Penn State beating well, somebody. Ohio State has two losses. Right, but they only have one Big Ten loss. Is what I'm saying. It's it's right. You're talking right. about yeah. championship right. game. So all three yeah. of them have one loss. Then yeah. So then it'll be. <laughs> yeah, that is tough. And that well, I'm going to be at the Penn State Michigan game in a couple of weeks. And yeah. yeah, Penn State's going to beat Michigan, so um, okay. Michigan's going to be out of it. Might. Did you pay? Don't tell us what you pay, did. You pay triple figures for that ticket? No, that is shocking to me. I well, we got them early. Okay, but yes, we were going to go to the Auburn game, but mm. Virginia Tech was that week. Of course, I know you're happy you stayed. Um, Ole Miss was one of those teams on the outside looking in that with a quality win over Auburn. My some love, but then they lose the game. Matt Corral. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Bo Nix, man. Bo Nix, what can I say? He, he's, a, he's a giant slayer. Uh, don't really have to spend a ton of time talking about this game um, because, again, postseason implications have been removed for both of these teams, but uh, a quality win for Auburn, um, I guess, helps Alabama when they're looking to pad the resumes of the teams that they're trying to beat. I guess it really doesn't matter because the other one is Ole Miss. Um, but uh, two quality teams in uh, the best conference in college football. Does anything, anybody have anything to add about this game? Kind of weird schedule, or weird season for Auburn. You know, they struggled at Penn State. 
Bo Nix is kind of up and down. Um, so it's you know typical SEC. Anybody can kind of lose on any given day that's not Alabama and Georgia. We had some uh, some drama and some games out west. SMU picks up the loss to Houston. Darn you, Dana. That 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 hurts Cincinnati. That just yeah. Yeah, that's a big one for them. That's surely that's not something that the playoff committee took under. That could, uh, for a matchup that well, would come no, later in the year. But no, I know what you're Cincinnati, saying. If they, I know what you're saying. They have nothing left. Right. Now. So now that yeah. I mean, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's ten. It's, I mean, it's mm-hmm. still a decent win. Right. Yeah, but they they have no they have no game that's going to move them up now. No, they're done. I mean, they're done. Now Unless, SMU or and or Houston could sneak into the back end of the rankings in a couple weeks. Right. I think. But, yeah, they, but it, it's tough. They got to blow every team out. By even more now. I mean, Fickle. Did either S- Fickle was not happy. No, he was not. I, I don't know if you guys saw his quotes, but he was upset. And, I mean, now game day is in Cincinnati this week. This argument that we're having right now is the exact reason why Cincinnati's joining the Big Twelve. Right. Well, well because they need to. another conversation that Ben Mackey and I had. The the college football playoff committee really seems to have shafted the Big Twelve early. So, but yeah, you're absolutely the, the, right. The ACC kind of got shafted too. Well, well, they no, got shafted by Pitt they losing. ACC is terrible. Yeah, they yeah. Just, they're just bad. I don't but, think they got but shafted. It, even if Wake Forest wins out, they're not going to get in. And that's yeah, a will. Power 5 conference. They will. I don't know. If, if they, they win out, they will. They will. That, that, really that'll, so. yeah, that'll delegitimize. That's a word, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> delegitimize the college football because there's Power n- 5 goes undefeated, especially the ACC, and they don't get in. Yeah, also, uh, Wake Forest, their strength of record is two spots ahead of Cincinnati's. So That's interesting. Because I'm ba- you're banking on Alabama losing to Georgia. It doesn't really matter. You're, based on your logic, then you've got Michigan State being handed at least a loss. They get in over Oregon, in my opinion, because yeah. they're undefeated. I, I, I 100% agree. Now, will they? I don't know. I doubt it. Do we want them in the playoff? Probably not. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Why? <laughs> For them to get... Skunked 55 zip by Georgia. I want, do you, do I want the Demon Deacons in there. You want the Demon Deacons hoisting that crystal ball like everybody everybody exactly. predicted coming into the year. Bring one back to wherever. Winston-Salem. <laughs> Bring the chip back to Winston-Salem. Uh, by the way, I'm correct. In SMU, Houston, neither of them made the top 25 for the college football right. Uh And San Diego State goes down. And uh, Iowa State. I need like to try it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. W looking to... Uh, uh, going to be the workhorse tonight. Over 30 carries each of the last two gonna games. It's going to be a they huge weekend. Hopefully the fans show up. Uh, guys, the big matchup I wanted to talk about in terms of kind of more anything else. Uh, I want to talk about Liberty Old Miss here for a second, and then I want you guys to have this in the back of your mind. I want you guys to catch the year and just like that, the Huskies draw first blood. Some coming slate of games with Carolina playing Wake Forest. I know that's a tantalizing one. Nebraska, Iowa State, some stupid people would pick to be a trap game. I will not be one of them. Uh, but Liberty Ole Miss, uh, Ben, this game is interesting to me because as things stand right now with Malik Willis and Mac Brown, wow, this new Coca-Cola is one and two. Is it the best Coke ever? The no! Yeah, it's ex- it's an exciting yeah! game for yeah! NFL draft no! yes! okay. people that are interested to see first. where yes. quarterbacks go this year because there's really not one, you know guy like there has been in the, in the past so that, that is going to go first and you know Broncos. Matt Corral Richardson for me is probably the first quarterback off the board the Malik catch. Willis he, he's Kyle right Pimpleton there though um, and, and you never know if Malik Willis comes out and goes crazy so and Matt Corral doesn't have a great day things change very quickly when trying to decide the draft capital of quarterbacks so it's definitely going to be an interesting game in that regard yeah, I, I agree completely with what you said. I, I, 
it kind of feels like the It's not the first sounds of jingle bells that mark the official start of the holidays. Or the first snow. The holidays start when you say they do. That's why our Black Friday savings last for 30 days. So shop early, or five minutes before the party. Whether you're a holiday planner or a procrastinator, we've got 30 days of savings for you. So make the holidays yours with Black Friday prices now through December at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Yeah, I, would agree. I, I think that that's the way. I think it's these two. If I were to give a right now, the Auburn Tigers continue to roll as they star? have in the no, month of Carson, October. Carson's Huge game coming up next, like though, that that as they'll take on Texas A&M. I'm sure they'll remember still, that locker early room third, celebration, though, from just a few days ago as we welcome in the signal caller for the Auburn Tigers. Brock Purdy's got a fourth or fifth round project. As you saw that locker room celebration from a few days ago, take us through what that moment was like starting quarterback. Starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers next year, Brock Purdy. Yeah, so That's fantastic. Kind of Spencer Rattler went from number one overall pick um, to transferring uh, and playing the senior year of college. Anytime we win, we go in there and That's have a That's future WVU quarterback, Spencer so Sanders, you're talking about. It's right important there. that you hide your stuff yeah. or you'll get absolutely <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, <laughs> Logan, I'll start with you. Uh, again, not an incredibly tantalizing week of matchups. Auburn, Texas A&M, obviously, where a lot of eyes are going to be. You guys said game days with Cincinnati. How would you describe just the leadership, his that Cincinnati, really Tulsa. Woo. All my buddies, they say it's a conspiracy for ESPN. Well, he's a great leader. He comes in with a, uh, a mindset, willing to win. ESPN doesn't care about the I didn't mean the He has a lot of the little details. ESPN hates the Big 12 because of right. Bob Bowlesby. Right. right. <laughs> but I, 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 um, I've got the proof. Also, have you seen their TV contract? No, I know what you're saying. I disagree with what you said, what they were saying to you. Yeah. But I that's that's the talk around Yeah, beating beating three and five now three and six Tulsa uh, okay huge ones for the I'm going to take but that off the table. None of you guys will be allowed to pick that as a trap game. Uh, Logan, give me a trap game. As the quarterback, what's it like to have a stable of running backs like the one that you do at Auburn, specifically knowing that you've got Tank Bigsby back there ready to go wherever you need Throw college football into pure chaos. Yeah, that can be great for a quarterback, Washington. Yeah. Sometimes a quarterback can kind of get. All right, Logan, how about you? In bad situations, they don't have a running game, so it's good for us that we do have now, some have backs that can carry the ball and can go for um, a good game. I wanted to say that. I, I, didn't have, I didn't have the courage to I say that. I like that a lot. I'm not gonna because I'm pretty sure that's in Death Valley, right? We all know it is at Alabama. That changes a lot. Is it Alabama's favored by 28 and a half points? I understand, but if LSU can get that ground game working, I might pick Alabama. Unless you're going to win, they're going to that Ogeron up, and then they're going to walk off the field. Michigan State does play Purdue this week. Purdue is always that team in the Big Ten West that just beats the highest state. Can I whoever it is? Throw a quick stat. High State still plays Purdue too. I think it, it is Purdue. I saw this today. Purdue has nine wins After over like top two teams. Yeah, the next thirty-seven billion right. direct wins. I mean, it is one or over one or two. Now this is number three. But still, expenses, health insurance doesn't cover. Is an official sponsor of ESPN College Game Day. They're in the pistol. I just here. think that that's the Darius Jefferson, the big bodied running back. All right, He's back there. He gets Red the ball. No, he's in. Touchdown number 10 for the big uh, sledgehammer this year. They're not a terrible team. Uh, I know they did just fire Gary Patterson, but I think they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna play for Coach Patterson, you know, uh, kind of thing. It, it's at TCU, Baylor. They, they have their whole season still in front of them. Um, 
and it, it'd be easy to to kind of overlook this this TCU team who if they get going they can run the football all over you. Um, so I, I think I think Baylor needs needs to be careful uh, this weekend in Fort Worth. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you there. Uh, coachless teams can be dangerous. They're just playing free. I Assignment need to try Maybe Gary Patterson goes to TCU, or Texas Tech and Matt Wells comes to TCU. That'd be fun. Another first and ten for Western Michigan. The Tyler gets the carry. All right, guys, right got a couple of minutes. Uh, the reigning so coach is gone. Daniel Woods is gone. The big bad man is gone. Uh, ben, have you played this before? Yeah, and I'm plays. terrible at it. All right, so we're not looking forward to seven minutes. Because Ben John is here, somewhat fresh rookie, if you will, in the co- coach's hot seat game. Going to keep things simple, guys. Uh, we're going to start with Ben, give him the chance of picking first. Uh, we're just going to keep going the in the top corner. It's not the jingle bells that mark the official can, start of the holidays. There's only one person left. Or the first snuff. Again, coachshotseat.com. The holidays start when you say they do. That's why our Black Friday savings last for 30 days. 30. So uh, shop early, first guess, or five minutes before the party. Whether you're a holiday planner or a procrastinator, we've got 30 days of savings. So make the holidays yours with Black Friday prices now through December. At the Home Depot, how doers get more done. Okay. Mississippi State, obviously, they're playing really well right now. Dino Babers. we got a guest in the studio here. If you can help me find guys on this list. Is Dino Babers in this top 20? Because I don't see him. He's 36 for 39. They protect him real well. Dino Babers is actually 26. Are you kidding me? Brutal. First round exit. He's been in the top 10 for half the year. Who did Syracuse beat? What are we doing? Who did Syracuse beat? Obviously, they, they beat somebody because he fell so off the list. Or he's, he's down to 26. See, that's what uh, I was trying defense. to say. Um, <laughs> rare rare L for Tanner. I, I know. I don't I usually miss. They beat Boston College. They beat Boston College. Oh. Big Affleck. win. Jeff Halfley, man. Huge win well, against BC. All right, uh, Logan, on to you. Dan Mullen, Florida. Dan Mullen's number two. All right. Just too high. Yeah, I think so, too. Way too high. All right, Ben, we'll back to you. Justin Fuente. Justin Fuente. Tyrus Wheat, you got to find out where he is all the time because he's a really good player. Virginia Tech, Justin Fuente. I'm going to go with my guys. They're playing extremely well, well coached. You know what? Well, we'll give you a lifeline. Scott Frost. All right. Scott Frost is number one of Nebraska. Seth Luttrell with Texas. Seth Luttrell, number 10. Ways to have success Back to you, there. Ben. Um, um, you have to win first down against this team. However, you, however you're trying to do it. You know, I already spoke about staying out of third. I don't see him. Really no, wait. All right, he's 24. He's outside the list. We'll give you the mulligan. No more mulligan. Now. Sorry, Logan. Oh, that's okay. Uh, but uh, Tanner, we'll out. go to you. All right, you have listen, to win first down. Stay out of third and However that Buffalo. is. Scott Loeffler uh, in the Bowling Green you know, Falcons. Or pass. Yeah, or didn't he get ejected from that run, game? Wasn't he? The, he's the first uh, power. No, first FCS coach yeah. to get ejected. Well, yeah. Who was it? That. Scott Loeffler. Scott Loeffler. But you don't want to. You don't want to go. There's no way outside the top. There's no. There's no way. He's 21. 21. Scott Loeffler, Bowling Green. I'm not making this up. All right, Logan, on to you. Marcus Arroyo. Marcus yeah, Arroyo, we, we number seven of UNLV. All right, we now to you, to Ben. Um, and, uh, uh, we need to start this I, run. I, I don't know like if Mike Norvell would still time. be on there. This would get us but Mike Norvell is on there at 18. Florida State, Mike and, uh, Norvell. All right, I'm sorry, Tanner, but we'll go to Logan next. Walt Bell. Walt Tavius Bell. 
mess. Uh, as as good as we possibly Walt Bell is can. on here. He's number eleven. Takes me a second. And I think we will. I mean, we're we're Ben Mackey. We're back a, a strong showing nature, for the kids. Yeah, I I also the teams admittedly just don't know well, coaches' know names. That. If you say school, it's school counts. School, school counts. Big challenge, I don't think that's going to help me. Let's see. Be good to get back in the stadium. Pass. Um, <laughs> phone a friend, lifeline. You, you want to phone a friend? I got it. Okay, yeah, hit me. Uh, are you guys teaming up oh, to no. play? Yeah. Oh, now? yeah, we are. Let's, we are. Let's, let's think. We got. We got to wrap this up, gentlemen. Today's pros. Who do we still not have? We don't have tools, and nobody understands that better than the home five, team. Our online project calculators cut guesswork and extra trips. Job site delivery frees you up to focus on the task at hand. And if you don't want to buy equipment. You can rent it. Oh, they cut back to today's pros. <laughs> All of my done. guys that I used to be killing me. Logan, you got a shot for a walk off here. Tom R. Home Depot. Tom R. To walk it off. Akron, number 13. Logan is victorious. I'm so sorry. Uh, the top uh, 20, which has reshuffled, no, it's, by it's the way. Scott Frost, Nebraska, number one. Dan Mullen, Florida, number two. Butch Davis, we say him every week. I, I, I did say what we were removing. We okay, okay, yeah, that's fair. He's number three. Doug Martin of New Mexico State, number four. Jeff Scott, South Florida, number five. Carl Durrell from Colorado, he's six. Marcus Arroyo, UNLV. His name is written down on the whiteboard. Dino Bamers was on there. He's on the board. Justin Fuente, Virginia Tech. Sarkeesian. I mean, that's ridiculous. This is the website, not me. Seth Luttrell, North Texas. is 10. Walt Bell, UMass. Tim Alvin, Ohio. Tom Worth, Akron. Jed Fish, Arizona. Jake Spavadol up to 15. George, or Jeff Collins, excuse me, from Georgia Tech. What have you seen? What do you remember from his defense and how it's progressed over the whole I mean, Florida very, State, Manny Diaz from Miami. Very physical, uh, Steve Adesayo. I could have had Colorado State. Uh, by Frank the way, anybody have any shot in the dark? I mean, you, it was not a very simple thing to do. Your, your 35. It only goes up to 30. Awareness of where things were. 35. 107. 30. 26. He's 29. I think when you're in it, you're in, as I say, you're in the battle. I don't All right, think guys, final uh, game that we play every week. You, you guys have an opportunity to guess you, which uh, who, who top 25 to matchup has the cheapest tickets. I've got to make sure that it was the one that's... Okay. By the way, um, I'm going to take this game out of the running. It's tied for the second cheapest. We talked about Old Miss Liberty. You can watch two future first-round picks play for $17. That's insane. That's tied for second place. It's not number one. You guys can guess. According to Ticketmaster on ESPN, what the cheapest top 25 matchup is. Houston, South Florida. That is not it. San, UT San Antonio. Yeah, UT. It's not the first sounds of jingle bells <laughs> no. that mark no. the official start of the holidays. Who? Oh, is that, or is that the first snow. Uh, yes, the holidays start Don't look at the prices on those. I'm not, I'm not That's why our Black Friday savings last no. for 30 days. So shop early. Is it a power five, five minutes uh, before mm-hmm. the party. Oh, five. Whether you're a oh. holiday planner or a procrastinator. We've got 30 days of savings for you. Is it, is it, so make the holidays yours with Black Rutgers? Friday prices now through December. Is, is it Wisconsin? That is Wisconsin Rutgers. Rutgers. $12 to watch the uh, Scarlet or Crimson Knights. The Scarlet Knights. Scarlet Knights. I couldn't remember. Scarlet. Scarlet Knights take on Wisconsin. That's number 21, Wisconsin. You can get in for $12 at SHI Stadium in Piscataway, New Jersey. Piscataway? Beautiful place. Six. Six. You can get it for twelve dollars. Standing room only. They just—they're putting the bleachers in next week. They're bringing the bleachers in via U-Haul next week. All right, gentlemen. Pleasure as always. 
uh, college football segment. Uh, always a pleasure. Always fun to have these two on. I know for a fact that Tanner will be coming back next week. Coach's hot seat with a vengeance, with a fire in his heart. I'm so mad. You know what? I'm not going to be here. We're going to have to bring in a guest host. Hopefully Ben can host it because I want Daniel to play. I'm going to be watching Wizards-Cavs next Wednesday. I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be in Cleveland. You and Ethan Collins, huh? Yeah, kicking it. Romantic. I passed on that game. I probably should have done the same. All right, we're going to take a very quick break. When we return... We will turn our attention to the National Football League as the sports page rolls on here on U92. They say singing can help you remember things, so here's some tips for parents out there during these tough times. Number one. Make sure your kids wash their hands for 20 seconds after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside. Two. Virtual play dates, social and physical distancing can help save lives. Tell them they're safe and show your love and pride. Yes, we'll get through this together. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Year two of Mountaineer Soccer under Dan Stratford can be heard all season long on U92. Tune in 30 minutes before every home game and select road games as we bring you comprehensive coverage of the Mountaineers on the pitch. U92 is also the only place for talk sports radio dedicated specifically for men's and women's soccer. Find the kickabout with host Liam Bellin every Wednesday night from 7 to 8. 91.7 FM presents Mountaineer Soccer Live, a service of U92 Sports. Follow us on Twitter at U92 underscore FM. You stay up all night cramming for that exam? Just getting off the graveyard shift? Whatever keeps you up at night, the moose never sleeps. Tune in weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. to hear your favorite college radio classics. No nonsense, just the music. All the classics. Weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. only on U92 The Moose. Hi, it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance. Say hi, guys. When I adopted them, I discovered that they both have incredible personalities. Chance's sole purpose in life is to love and to be loved. Frankie is a little bit of a scoundrel and always entertaining. They're a little bit of a lot of things, but they're all pure love. Adopt pure love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Welcome back into the sports page, 91.7 FM, U92 The Moose, as we turn our attention now to the National Football League. Connor's here, David's here, Luke times two is here. 
and uh, we're happy to talk about everything that's going on in the NFL uh, and what didn't happen in the NFL and uh, some things that unfortunately happen um, in the NFL. We'll begin our attention, gentlemen, uh, with the NFL trade deadline. I was expecting a lot. I was expecting one Mr. Odell Beckham to swap sidelines. I was expecting potentially Marlon Mack, who I think needs to be freed from the stable of Colts backfield players to be traded. I expected a lot of things to happen. Von Miller gets moved. Don't get me wrong. That's huge to the Rams, uh, who will not pick again until checks notes 2034 uh, in the NFL drafts. Um, but, hey, they've got an elite pass rush. Connor, who was the most shocking player that did not relocate in this NFL uh, trade deadline? I think I would say Marlon Mack, to be honest. And the reason I make the argument is just because he's not even being used. I, I don't understand it. I think there's there's suitors out there. The problem is that the two biggest suitors are the Ravens, AFC team, and then also you have the Tennessee Titans, which you know that's not going to happen since it's an in-division opponent. But I really expected him to be moved because it doesn't seem like they plan to use him in the future. And then another great option is Odell. I mean, it just hasn't worked from, from day one, him and Baker. And I don't really know what's going to happen there. It's been a, been a weird 24 hours for Odell. What's shocking about the Odell situation, though, Luke, is from what I understand, him and Cleveland are now potentially talking about a separation, even though the trade lines, trade deadline's come and gone. He could just end up getting released. Yeah, he could. And I really don't understand this move by the Browns. He He's obviously frustrated with being there. He's not getting the targets that he wants. I mean, it was just a few short years ago we were talking about him as one of the best receivers in the league, mm. and now they're not hardly even looking at him. So that move, that move doesn't really make sense. So now they were like, oh, we're not getting what we want out of this trade, but now the trade deadline's passed, so now the best you can get out of him is nothing. So well, I, well, I, that move really, or that lack of a move really doesn't make sense to me. Uh, any other names potentially that I might have left out, David? Obviously, some other moves. Uh, Ingram gets traded from the Steelers to Kansas City, who then in turn turn around and trade probably their best interior offensive lineman, which doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh, but they get better um, in terms of their ability to rush the passer. Anybody else? Yeah, I uh, noted that uh, any players with potential from the Jets or maybe other not teams wrong. like Jacksonville, Houston, and Detroit. Um, but I was thinking uh, Allen Robinson and Hayden Hurst, although um, – uh, Atlanta uses a lot of two tight end packages because that's what they have, our tight ends. Um, but Allen Robinson, uh, I don't think he he really I don't think he really likes Chicago, and Chicago uh, is is really struggling has struggled in offense the whole time he's been there. Not because of him, it's actually everyone, basically everyone but him. And then uh, Hayden Hurst, I mean they're they're rebuilding and they have a tight end right there in Kyle Pitts. So I think. Uh, other tight end needy teams like maybe the Packers or something uh, could have maybe got him, although he's a bit pricey. Well, speaking of those Green Bay Packers, uh, they're going to be the first game that we talk about. A little bit awkward because it happened so long ago, but uh, it was after our last show. Uh, Thursday Night Football, Connor, did not disappoint. I think this is such an important victory, not just because you hand the Arizona Cardinals their first loss. You win this game 24-21. to This is a game you need because, of course, the news today uh, Aaron Rodgers, COVID-19, is going to miss this week. I'm pretty convinced he's going to miss next week as well. I understand they say the earliest he can come back is Saturday. I don't see that being a possibility. It's remarkably important for you to get that seventh win when your next one to two games are with some uncertainty with him being out. It, it's very important, and I think also another huge thing is this this head-to-head -head win. I mean, you want home field advantage. 
it'll be a huge difference whether you're playing in Lambeau or you're playing out in at the State Farm uh, Stadium. It's it's a big difference. You don't want to be playing there. You want to be playing in cold weather where Aaron Rodgers plays his best type of football. And it was it was a good team win. Obviously, more injuries happened, which isn't a good thing for the Packers. I think that's going to be a constant issue, especially now with uh, possibly two games. Definitely one missed by Rodgers. Kyler Murray, no touchdowns, two interceptions in this game. Last one. What in the world, A.J. Green? Looking at the scoreboard, has his back turned to the play. Ball gets picked off. Um, one thing that stood out to me in this game, though, uh, Luke, is the uh, the running back tandem that's potentially emerging in that Green Bay backfield. Aaron Jones, we know how good he is, how versatile he is. He leads his team in the receptions for this game. Uh, seven catches, 51 yards. A little bit iffy on the ground, but that's where human bicep A.J. Dillon steps up. 18 carries, 78 yards, does not get into the end zone. He's averaging five, point, or five yards per carry. So you've got two very talented backs, call it thunder and lightning, if you will, that take some pressure off Aaron Rodgers' shoulders. Yeah, I think so, and I think they're going to need him, especially going into this week, without Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> You're going to have Brett Hundley, not shoot, Brett Hundley. Jordan Love. Shoot, Jordan Love, yeah, I don't know where that came that from. That would be worse. Yeah, <laughs> it would. But, yeah, I think this is probably the best duo running back tandem in the league, which really you don't see a whole lot of anymore. You don't. You, you usually see teams who have one main guy sprinkle in a little bit of somebody else. But these two, if they can keep a healthy rotation, I think, just like we saw last week, I think they can do some damage with those two back there. Uh, the next game I want to talk about, Pittsburgh Steelers potentially might have gotten their season back on track with a 15-10 to win over the Cleveland Browns, albeit a shorthanded Cleveland Browns team. No Kareem Hunt in this one, no Eldell. Baker Mayfield plays some pretty pedestrian football. Big Ben gets the job done. Najee Harris scampers in uh, with 91 yards on the ground and a touchdown as well. Uh, David, Steelers needed this one, gets them back into contention. You can make the argument that with, you know, you look at Geno Smith and Seattle kind of limiting their abilities right now, that now makes, in my opinion, the AFC North the most talented division. Obviously, it was the NFC West. Now I think it is the uh, AFC North in terms of talent from top to bottom. Um when you've got two teams that now sit at the bottom of this division uh, with the Steelers and what they're capable of doing. And obviously we know what Cleveland could do at full strength. Yeah, you just look at like just up and down the division. Obviously you have the Bengals and the uh, Bengals and Browns and then the the uh, Ravens with with the insane talent that they have. But Pittsburgh, I think, is building something around, uh, around Najee Harris out there. And uh, although Big Big Ben is, is basically on the doorstep of retirement, he definitely had a productive night, 266 yards and a touchdown. Um, but I, I think if they keep building around Najee Harris instead of putting uh, more pressure on Big Ben, uh, they can win more games like this, and their defense is obviously very stout as usual. Time to start uh, drawing up that Big Ben con- uh, contract extension, right, Luke? Is that where we're going with here? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, you, uh, you look at the upcoming schedule, though, for the Steelers. Uh, very winnable games against Chicago and Detroit um, before they take their lives into their own hands with the schedule after that. Chargers, Bengals, Ravens, Vikings, uh, and your Tennessee Titans. Uh, so they can control their own destiny if they win these games. I think it's a pretty clear script for what the Steelers need to do. Intermittent passing games, short stuff, yards after the catch, let Najee Harris do what he does, and then trust their you know game breakers on defense. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you just outlined it perfectly. There's not much more I can add to that. Big Ben, obviously, you have to accommodate to what he can do at this point in his career, which is 
a lot of short stuff. Keep it simple. Try to let Najee. They've been using Najee out of the flats a lot, which I think is good for the team. He has, like, there have been games where he led the team in receptions. Mm -hmm. So I think you have a really young, good playmaker there. So I think you maximize his potential there by just making him a focal point of that offense. Bounce back win for the Eagles. We don't need to talk about that. 44-6 to six over the Lions. Potentially somebody that could try to contend in that vision. Gardner Minshew came in. Yeah. yeah two for mm. two. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> we'll stick it uh, with you, Luke, for your Titans, obviously, seizing control of their division. Took overtime to do it. 34-31, to 31, the final score of this game, as they defeated the Indianapolis Colts and handed them their fifth loss of the season. Carson Wentz looked really good in this game. He did. Um, and... What was funny to me it was the game that was hyped up to be. Were they the two leading rushers in the NFL coming into this game? They were close to obviously you know what Henry's capable of. But Derrick Henry, sixty-eight yards on the ground, two and a half yards per carry. Jonathan Taylor was game scripted out of this game after averaging four and a half yards per carry, rushing for seventy yards because the Colts were trying to throw their way back into it. Obviously, you're taking the win. Um, what were some of your other takeaways from this game? I have never seen two teams try so hard to lose a game in the final <laughs> two minutes of regulation. That Carson Wentz pick six was just horrendous, and then Kevin Byer just wraps a guy up before the ball gets there. But the Titans fought through, and they won. Um, I, I think you got to give it to Derrick Henry for pulling through in that game and playing on a fractured foot. Holy cow. And that's, like, that's a big thing. And I think that probably is what attributed to a lot of his production. I noticed during the game he didn't look as explosive, and now we know why. But Kevin Byard, I think, is really emerging as one of the best safeties in the league again he's playing really well he's doing really well in coverage other than that one big mistake but I don't understand why they take the ball out of Jonathan Taylor's hands he has a history of running all over the Titans but he is one of the he's a top I'd say six running back in this league and he just has just about everything he runs tough he's fast so I don't understand why you try to force it with Wentz there sometimes and I think the Titans did capitalize off of that late. But a lot of the times, I mean, you said 4.8 yards per carry. Just keep handing the ball off if it's what works. At what point, Connor, are we going to stop saying that A.J. Brown has the potential to be an elite wide receiver and say that A.J. Brown is an elite top 10 or 12 wide receiver? Because he was phenomenal in this game. I, I think the problem is maybe his QB and just their, their style – of of play i don't think he's ever gonna have enough yards to be well i guess now you know what i'm gonna change my mind <laughs> mid thought and say this is his chance because obviously we all know derrick henry is gone and i think this is his chance to be like hey i'm elite i can still hold this team together win the division on my back but i think at the end of the day it's a little bit too much to ask from Tannehill. go ahead i'd like to add i think Tannehill is really going to shine here in the coming weeks. I would say I have, he needs to. I, I, yeah, he needs to. Just no choice. I I have some faith in him. I gotta say, he's been shaky at times so far this year, but overall the Titans team performs well whenever they have a chip on their shoulder. It's weird. They'll come up big in the big games and then they'll lose to the Jets. So I think the Titans are going to have a chip on their shoulder because now they have it more than ever without the focal point of their offense. So. I think Tannehill's going to get his opportunities here, and yeah, I think I do think AJ Brown is going to solidify himself. Honestly, if you look at him, he's one of the best in the league after the catch. Yeah, he like is. he he's so physical. He's a tough runner with the ball. 
So, yeah, that's my two cents on the Titans. Uh, real quick, I'll keep it with you and keep this quick if you don't mind. We're yep. obviously not a fantasy football show, but as a invested member of the backups that are now starting to appear in this Tennessee backfield, you sign the corpse that is Adrian Peterson. You sign Deonta Foreman. Uh, McNichols is there. Derrickton Evans, who I love, is hurt right now because this was his perfect time to shine. I loved him yeah. in the draft. Give me your best estimate as a Titans fan as how this backfield is going to break down. I think we're going to see a healthy rotation of all of them, try to keep all of them having fresh legs. I love the signing of Dante Foreman, honestly. He played for the Titans a little bit last year, and he's a very physical runner, which yeah. is what this offense thrives through. And Adrian Peterson isn't – I mean – He's still he still has some energy to him. He, he still has some gas in the tank. I, That's I, a very Titans fan answer. I yeah, feel no, like. no, 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 no. He put up a chance. Yeah, he put up some decent stats last year with a terrible run offense. So I think he'll bring something to this team. He's not obviously. I'm not saying he's going to be anything like. He's not dead yet. Yeah, he's not dead yet. He he's not gonna. I don't think he's three gonna, carries into his first start. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I don't we'll think. Have he's, to see. I don't think he's gonna be super, but I think if they can keep his legs fresh with the rotation of him, McNichols, and Foreman, I think that'll be. I think it'll be fine. Connor Taylor, QB controversy brewing in New York. Mike White throws for four hundred and five yards. Elite. Three tutties. Was he the second ever person in NFL history to throw for 400 yards in his first start? Uh, he beats Joe Burrow in the Bengals, which again throws that uh, AFC North into continued chaos. Bengals cannot run the football in this game. And you talked about, David, them not trading off key assets, trying to make a play. Out. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Connor, Mike White, Jets, get it done. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to make. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there's much to make of it on the Jets side. Zach Wilson's going to be their starter for for the future, unless he completely flames out. But you you can't bet on Mike White. It's, no, it's a weird what, game. What's Mike White's contract, by the way? Can somebody pull that up? Is he under team control after next season? I think he's a rookie. Something like is he a rookie? No, he's uh, so. third year. Yeah, because he was year. actually beat out by I think maybe Cooper Rush at the <laughs> Cowboys, which is kind of hilarious. Wow. But anyways, I think on the Bengals side, it's it's an issue. It kind of just shows that there, there's a lot of youth on that team, to be honest. Uh, a younger head coach as well. It's a must-win game. You're leading your division at the time, and then you kind of just let it slip away. It's going to be a competitive division to, towards the end, and you're going to look back at this game and be like, why did we lose it? And you're not going to have any answers, to be honest. It's a one-year deal, which sucks. Because, oh, you know, man. if he has a couple of good starts, you dangle well, him out. Wait, well, <laughs> Robert Sala said that said that he has a quarterback competition in his hands. So, yeah. I mean, he'll give him a chance. Although there Do were you, two interceptions. So. If you're – I can't think of his name. Sean Payton. Did it cross your mind at any point to get New York on the phone a couple days ago and say, hey, we've got this nice, shiny seventh-round pick. If you could <laughs> toss a little Mike White in our direction – like four quarterbacks. Well, little, well, none of them can play. Well, Not with Jameis Winston out. Little did he know he had Trevor Simeon, who was gonna. If <laughs> you, if you, book out of Notre Dame. You could have, you could have pulled, I've pulled up a, in the DeLorean to me and told me that Trevor Simeon was gonna lead the Saints to a win over the Buccaneers, and I would not have believed you. By the way, Philip Rivers. Did you guys see that Philip Rivers said he's ready for the Saints to call him? And it's just what? the Saints too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that as he's a camera. I love that as a. Uh, I think they can't. They can't take on any more quarterbacks. I feel like. Ian, I feel like Sean Payton. The similarities uh, with Ian Book, like I, I looked uh, a, a couple with, uh, or sorry, the similarities with Drew Brees and Ian Book and their style of play. I feel like they're very, 
limited mobility uh, styles of play are are very similar to what you heard it here first. Ian Book, the next Drew Brees. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know about his accuracy, though. But I mean, I have never heard of Ian Book before. Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Quarterback last year. All right. I don't read a book, people. Basically, Drew Brees. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) just think of just think of Drew Brees, (laughs) twenty years younger, about twice as good. Ian Book. Um, Patriots beat the Chargers. Yes or no question around the room. Uh, The Patriots a playoff team now, Connor. Yes, I think so. Yeah, with how the AFC is, yeah. Wow, I was not prepared to get that answer. The four and four pitches. They beat the Chargers. Don't get me wrong. I love that. Uh, all right. Yes or no question. Chargers playoff team. Connor. Yes. I'd say still. Yeah. Yeah. There's only seven yeah. spots, guys. Yeah, we're gonna hand them all out. <laughs> the Jets. We're generous. <laughs> Mike White. Mike White leading to the Super Bowl. Um, Saints beat the Bucks. Does this really change anything in this division? The way I've always looked at this, and I might, I, I it might have been Connor that might have also tweeted this out. The Saints, for whatever reason, own the Bucs in the regular season. Was this you? I don't no, remember. I don't think so. The Saints own the Bucs in the regular season does not really seem to apply to the playoffs. Uh, so there's really not that much I read into this game if anybody has any disagreements. I mean, I was I was ready to buy in on the Saints as a legit competitor, honestly. And yeah, then after Jam- the first week. And, and then Jameis the got Packers hurt. Lost. No, I, I was I was a little bit hesitant <laughs> after, I, after I saw those you know Packers. What? You know what? I've said this a million times. I'll say it again. Alvin Kamara, by far, most talented running back in the NFL. And I, I will. My f- fantasy roster. I will so fight anyone good. to death. Allen or Alvin Kamara, most down bad fantasy football running back in the history <laughs> of fantasy football running backs. Some fullback who I've never even heard of had his first touchdown in three years in the red zone. And I am thrilled to have Alvin Kamara on my fantasy team and watch Taysom Hill scamper in for multiple <laughs> rushing touchdowns. Dude's going to have 150 yards receiving in the game, no tutties, because Sean Payton, for whatever reason, does not want him to get into the end zone. Uh, I have a yes or no question. Okay. Jameis Winston, a better dancer than you on crutches. For all of you. Oh, 100%. Yes. Yes. 100%. Probably, I guess. I haven't seen him. So I can't. Leg- no, I'm saying like for yourself. Oh, for myself. Yeah. Legless definitely. Jameis Winston is a better dancer <laughs> that than That is I probably am. the funniest like locker room video I've ever seen. It's funny until you film him like going down on the other knee and tearing his ACL. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they probably weren't thrilled. Uh, we don't have a lot of time. I, we should probably, I guess we'll do it next week, devote like 15 minutes to try to diagnose what's going on with Kansas City. Uh, they get a win against the Giants, but wow. And then they turn around with their quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, who's, if I'm correct, still leading the NFL in interceptions. Ten interceptions, he leads the league over Trevor Lawrence and all the uh, quarterbacks. And they trade their one of their best interior offensive linemen. Does not make a ton of sense to me. He was benched, or he was Tardif. Like, when they, yeah, when okay. they revamped the offensive line, okay. they got like a sixth round pick or something like that. Because I expected him to be one of their better offensive linemen. I well, guess when I they misspoke. revamped it, he's mm-hmm. not. He didn't um, them, I guess. Let's turn our attention now to the upcoming games in Week Nine: Jets, Colts, Thursday Night Football. Oh boy, Mike White's time. Um, Browns, Bengals obviously jumps off the page to me. This game's in Cincinnati. Uh, Connor, what this game screams to me is the Bengals need to win this to finally, not finally because there's half the season remaining. I will stop calling the Bengals potential pretenders if they win this game. I think they can win this game. I think there's Baker Mayfield and the Browns right now. Obviously, there's too much outside issues right now with Odell Beckham. And then this year... Baker's just kind of fallen back to a He's not very good. subpar quarterback. He's not good. He and, could and be replaced by Case Keenum, I feel. Man. 
I, I see that happening. Because Case Keenum was subpar at one point. So it's like they're both. What's Baker Mayfield right now? The 20th best quarterback in the NFL? I think they rated ESPN rated him 18th. That's about right. That's so fair. It is fair. But I think that Case Keenum can't Mike White get to that hand. level. Yeah, no. I, I, I mean, the key is let's run the ball 40 times a game once we get everybody healthy. Because now you've got oh, yeah. three legitimate backs in that backfield. I love I love the Bengals in this game. By the way, uh, they're only favored by two and a half at home, so it's a pick'em. Weird, weird. Uh, Patriots Panthers, both teams that uh, this becomes a pivot game. You'd have to say, Luke, uh, winner of this game still can move back into potential playoff contention. The loser, uh, the road ahead is tougher. Uh, Patriots are undefeated on the road, by the way. I'm oh, just wow. now realizing. Uh, and Mac Jones went from playing bad football to eh football, yeah. and uh, the Patriots are winning. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly do think the Patriots do have a shot at making the playoffs. Of course, the Panthers are Panthers are struggling after their 3-0 start. But honestly, I think we all have to remember that this is a team that is coached by Bill Belichick still. This is a Bill Belichick coach team. Now, I would argue, I could argue that they should have made a trade for somebody, another target for Mac Jones moving forward. Because nobody that they have is really like standout stellar. I would have gone with Brandon Cooks. Honestly, that would bring, be fun. Br- bring him, bring him back, back to New England. Yeah. Odell. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no. No, no. <laughs> yeah, it's too late now. Well, too Odell late. Beckham gets released from the Browns, signs with the Patriots the next day. I'm see, I see it as clearly as they signed, um, uh, what's his name? It uh, might happen with the Saints. 2016 crazy Cleveland, uh, Cleveland Browns wide receiver, Josh Gordon. Like oh, they yeah. did with Josh Gordon, like they did with Antonio Brown, like yeah. they've done with so many players before. Odell Beckham could be the next in a long list. Michael might of... go to the Saints because uh, Michael Thomas is out for the year. That's true. Michael Thomas yeah. is out for the year. Got a um, spot. A couple of throwaway mentions. Like we said, Aaron Rodgers is going to miss time. Uh, Michael Thomas is going to miss the rest of the season. Unfortunately, the unfortunate situation with my Las Vegas Raiders and Henry Ruggs is certainly going to be out for the season. I think. He, do we know for a fact? Oh, they what, released him. They I released know they him. released him. Um, I was what I meant to say. Do we know for a fact that he broke his hip? Because that was the only thing that I Who couldn't cares? find out. No, uh, I know he's going to jail. Yeah, yeah. but I couldn't tell. Camp. I couldn't tell the, the DUI laws in Vegas, by, as they should be, are staunch. No probation, yeah. minimum two years. He's wow. going to jail. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, those are the players that are out. Anybody I'm missing? Obviously, Derrick Henry yeah. uh, is going to most likely be out for well. I'm, I'm looking at fantasy football I have on the brain. He's not coming back until potentially the start of the fantasy football playoffs, but he could also be out for the remainder of the year. Yeah. Uh, Packers-Chiefs. Connor, I wanted to ask you about this game. Uh, Chiefs 4-4 four and four obviously pick up that big win against the Giants. How much do you like the Packers' defense continuing to expound on what defense have been able to do to get Patrick Mahomes to turn the ball over? I think they can get lucky once or twice, to be honest. I think they can get enough pressure through Rashawn Gary, especially Kenny Clark up the middle. And then you've just got to get him at these overconfident points, which is what's kind of been Mahomes' issue is he's trying to make plays when there aren't plays there where he should just throw it out of bounds. And I think that Packers defense can do that, to be honest. Take me through the line of this game, Luke. It's at Arrowhead. Kansas City's favored by over a touchdown. Four and four Kansas City with their quarterback leading the NFL in interceptions, albeit the still the most talented player in the league. At four and four, Home to the seven and one Packers, who might be the best team in their division right now. Them or Arizona, take your pick, doesn't matter. They're favored by seven and a half points. No, I think the Packers are going to win this game. I I genuinely believe that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, like Connor said, he's been playing hero ball way too much. Um, and honestly, I think Jordan Love can do enough to get him through this game. And 
like like we were talking about earlier, the running back tandem, the Chiefs' defense is not good against the run. It is not. Not good at all. So I think the Packers are going to maximize off of that, have a healthy rotation of, oh, my gosh, Aaron Jones and uh, AJ, Dillon. AJ Dillon. Yeah, I forget his name every week. Just say Quadzilla. It's fine. Quadzilla. <laughs> human bicep. Yep. So, yeah, I, I think the Packers will take this game. I think they're at least going to cover. Seven and a half is a pretty pretty staunch staunch line. Yeah. Um, I do have a couple stats to throw out there. Sure. Uh, the turnover differential for Green Bay is they rank second in the league with a plus eight. And then uh, Jordan loves stats in the preseason, 12 for 17 with 122 yards and a touchdown versus the Texans, 12 for 18, 149 interception versus the Bills, and then 5 for 7 uh, for 68 yards yards in garbage time versus New Orleans. I mean, we so know what the game plan like, is. He can be effective. He, we know what the game plan is. It's shootout. Love versus Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, like everybody exactly. wants. It's hand the ball off 80% of the time, uh, shortstop underneath yeah. the Adams, and then – Three or four if Adam shots comes back. if he comes back, and three or four shots down the field to MVS or Cobb or whoever, and then Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones will probably still lead the team in targets, some yeah. bootleg stuff, just dumping it off. Uh, one more game to talk about, uh, Luke. You get the final word of the segment because we need to wrap it up. Uh, Sunday night football, right? Yeah, Titans, Rams, seven and one Rams, six and two Titans. Titans can prove that they're as good of a team as they potentially could be, having beaten up on some poorer teams coming into this matchup. If they can take care of business against the seven and one Rams. Now, hear me out. <laughs> oh, I like this. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I do think this is a winnable game for the Titans. I really do, honestly. I think that the Titans do go into a lot of games with a chip on their shoulder, and that's when they perform their best. And like I was talking about, that rotation of McNichols, Peterson, Dante Foreman, they, have a, they, ha- they do have a real shot to step up and prove that they can do a little bit more beyond running Henry 30 times a game. And I think that this defense, this is a huge game for the defense, too. Because the defense started out bad, now they're becoming decent. If we get Christian Fulton back, I think that they'll, I think the defense will be good. And now they're going to have to lean on their defense a little bit more than they usually do. Especially their secondary with yeah. Cooper yeah. Cup. And oh, yeah, there. absolutely. So it's going to be a test for an especially young secondary, aside from the safeties. But... Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited to watch this game, and I'm excited to see what they can do. And you know what? If they lose, they're in the NFC, so it's not the worst. The next two games are the best time to th- figure things out for the Titans with the Rams and the Saints. Then you can move into a lot of AFC matchups. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see what they can bring out in this game. All right, there you have it. The National Football League segment always follows the college football segment, and it always matches it in terms of energy, debate, discussion, and personality. Luke David Connor, thank you very much for coming on. Go, Pat, go. All right. Texas Dolphins, best game of the week. (laughs) 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 Going to take a quick break. When we return, we have the results from our fantasy draft. You're not going to want to miss that. Uh, And we'll take a closer look at some of the top teams in the NBA. You don't want to miss it as the sports page rolls on here, 91.7 FM, U92. Follow us on Twitter at U92 underscore FM. Year two of Mountaineer soccer under Dan Stratford can be heard all season long on U92. Tune in 30 minutes before every home game and select road games as we bring you comprehensive coverage of the Mountaineers on the pitch. U92 is also the only place for talk sports radio dedicated specifically for men's and women's soccer. Find the kickabout with host Liam Bellin every Wednesday night from 7 to 8. 91.7 FM presents Mountaineer Soccer Live, a service of U92 Sports.
Where your ass was at, dog, when wasn't feed me. Where your ass was at, dog, F words, F words, F words. This is a PSA that after 10 p.m., you may hear certain explicit songs on the moose. Be aware of what you're listening to, because you might hear something between the hours of 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. that sounds like this. I ain't never ran from nothing but the police. From the city where the skinny carries strong heat, Nerfside, Long Beach, Nerfside, Long Beach. Stay smart on the moose. U92, your exclusive home for radio play-by-play of Mountaineer Club Hockey. Hear every bone-crunching check, powerful wrister, and all the extracurriculars here on 91.7 FM. Coverage of every home game from Mountaineer Ice Arena here on U92 The Moose. We'll see you there. He was the heart of your family, and he taught you our history. He helped you fix your first flat. He was the best backyard DJ around. And every time he'd tell a story, he'd own the room. But now more than ever, he may feel alone. Today, older adults and their loved ones are struggling to connect in a time when connection has never been more important. But there is something we can do. Embrace our older loved ones through StoryCorps Connect. With StoryCorps Connect, you can honor seniors remotely with an interview about their life. Every interview will be archived at the Library of Congress, becoming part of American history, so that years from now, future generations can listen in. All right, Grandpa. What's one piece of advice you have for me? Just three words, sweetheart. Live with courage. The man that had the best stories still has plenty of stories to tell. So connect virtually and share the conversation of a lifetime at storycorpconnect.org slash AARP. Connect, honor, share. StoryCorps Connect. A message from AARP, StoryCorps, and the Ad Council. more segments to get through here on the sports page. Luke Wiggs filling in for Daniel Woods, who is still at large, as Dan Schuster, John Raley, and Ben Mackey have entered the studio. Uh, second, I'm sorry, we have two remaining segments here. We'll do our World Series recap uh, to finish out the show. Hopefully Jimmy Gaudio will grace us with an appearance, but as always, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, the NBA. For those of you that listened to our segment last week, our fantasy draft, we have kind of the results. We have the regular season results. We will be simulating the, shall we say, controversial championship. Oh, I, I, I get screwed <laughs> out of this. No, Here in man. a couple of minutes, uh, we'll, 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 we'll tell wow. you all about it. We'll tell you all about it. But before we do that, I want to take a, a close look at some of the teams. <laughs> I know. I Listen, I've got the receipts. My leg, we I've, knew the fix was in. I've got the receipts, I promise. We'll see here in just a couple of minutes. I, I want to take a look at the, the teams that uh, have jumped off to hot starts. I understand we're talking about six, seven, eight games into the NBA season. Uh, but I want to look at uh, the teams that lead the top of each division. We'll begin with the Eastern Conference. We'll look at the top four, and uh, we'll go around the room and talk about buying or selling these teams as potential teams that could still finish in the top four. We'll begin with the Miami Heat, John. This is a team that went to the NBA Finals uh, not that long ago. Keep them fresh in your mind. With Jimmy Butler, who for whatever reason decides now he wants to score the basketball, and they're winning games. Four different players in double figures with Kyle Lowry coming in and being a bang average role player. Bam Adebayo still really good. 
Uh, Tyler Hero, who I hate more than just about any player in the NBA outside of maybe Kelly Olynyk, uh, is also wow. playing really good basketball. The Kelly Olynyk slander for what reason? Yeah, strong words for Kelly Olynyk. The uh, the Wizard series when he and Kelly Oubre got into it, uh, oh, I, I was not a fan. The yeah, one. yeah the, the Isaiah Thomas here, John Tom- or John Thomas, John Wall hit that huge shot in Game yeah, Six, I and exactly I was like, we're going to the finals, and then. Brutal. Um, uh, but John, Miami, they've got a pretty decent roster. They've got depth. P.J. Tucker, Dun- Duncan Robinson. Uh, buy or sell this team staying in the top four? I would buy at the right price. I'm not 1,000% sold on them in the top four right now. I'd probably put them in that four to six range just because I don't really know if Jimmy Butler's going to want to score the basketball for 82 games during the regular <laughs> season. But I do really like this Heat team. I've always been very high on Eric Spolstra. I think he's probably one of my favorite coaches all time. I love what he does with his team. And uh, I, I like the talent that they've, you know, adding in Kyle Lowry uh, is huge for them. Not only offensively, it helps them space out the floor. It gives them a kind of a guy who can, another guy who can help bring the ball. But defensively, Kyle Lowry is a bulldog he on is. defense. Big charge guy. Absolutely. Huge. And, uh, you know, Bam Adebayo is Bam Adebayo. Everybody knows who he is. He's going to give you 18 points at least every single night. He's going to give you at least 10 rebounds. I mean, the dude's a bona fide hooper. But uh, I like this Miami team. I think that, you know, obviously, like you said, this is a very small sample size. But for right now, I mean, it's a shock that they're at one because, you know, if you had told me three weeks ago, oh, Miami's going to be the number one team in the NBA a week into the season. But I would, I'd buy at the right price. By the way, uh, Ben, number two scoring offense, number two scoring defense in the NBA right now. 115 points per game, holding opponents to just 99. Screams to me to be some sustainability. Yeah, but I don't know if they can stay – in the top half of of the conference because I'm looking at the standings right now Milwaukee, Boston, mm. yeah, uh, no room for them. Brooklyn and Atlanta's going to climb. And too. maybe even the Sixers could pass them Atlanta, yeah. So it's it's kind of a loaded conference now. We we're used to the West being the the big dogs when it comes to to the amount of teams that that are championship contenders, but now the East, they they have the reigning champions in Milwaukee who are just 4-4 four and four to start off the year, and obviously Brooklyn, whether they have Kyrie Irving or not, I think are going to move into the top three seeds by the end of the year. So I, I, I like this Heat team. Bam Adebayo is playing out of his mind. He's a great defender. Tyler Hero off the bench. He's averaging over 20, I think, so far uh, this season. So, I, and, I, and I think the Kyle Lowry addition makes them better. So I think they're going to be a good team, and they're they're going to have a chance to to succeed in the playoffs. But I don't know if they stick around in the top four. I made a a brief mistake. I need to address here on the segment. Uh, I'm going to spoil it, unfortunately, because I want to make things fair. Uh, Dan, you're one of the two teams that's in the championship oh, game that we're going to be whoa. simulating. I'm sorry. The dream team, baby. Uh, let's go. Uh, the way this works, by the way, to kind of spoil it, I need to give this to you because I wanted to make this fair. You can set up the depth chart minutes. Uh, and I wanted to give you the chance to do that. So I take um, it I'm not one of the two? You are not. I'm sorry. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> uh, but not a disrespect on my team's name. I'm sorry. I have the receipts, I promise. But uh, while Dan's messing with the, uh, the, the, the depth chart and the minutes breakdown, do you see how that works? It's pretty easy yeah. to figure out. Um, let's go back to uh, John and talk about the Chicago Bulls. I think they're a little bit more of a surprise to be the Absolutely. second best team. Absolutely. Um, Brian Scalabrini. <laughs> You d- oh, by the way, you have to keep this consistent. One of the two Scalabrinis has to have five minutes. I did that for everybody, I promise. Um, uh, the Chicago Bulls playing some uh, some heckin' good basketball right now, John. Some different players that can score. Uh, Lonzo Ball is a, a great addition. DeMar DeRozan just scores. Zach Levine just scores. Alex Caruso 
This is something else. Patrick Williams is having a, a pretty crappy year by his standards based on what he had last year. Uh, what, what are your thoughts about buying this team as a potential top four contender? I'm going to sell on the Bulls as a top four contender. I think if we were going top four most entertaining teams by the end of the year, then absolutely I would buy on the Bulls. I know Daniel Wood said last week that he thinks they have a really good shot of being one of the most entertaining teams at the end of the year, and I think them and the Charlotte Hornets are probably going to be fighting for that. But uh, I, you know, I love the Chicago team. Like I said, they're extremely fun to watch. But I don't see them as a top four seed when it comes down to the end end of the year. Um, like Ben said, you know, you got to make room for those teams that are going to be on the top that aren't there right now. I mean, Atlanta's at nine; they're so much better than that. Brooklyn's going to figure out whatever they need to figure out. They're going to make some moves. You got, you know, the Bucks still, and I just think the Bulls are going to be bumped out by all of those teams. Another team that could be potentially moved out, Ben Mackey, is the New York Knicks. Uh, Julius Randle's playing very good basketball. I like. Evan Fournier in the addition there. Kemba Walker. Huge addition there. Oh, I love it. Fournier is fantastic. Man's just, man's just a bucket. R.J. Barrett um, is actually playing unbelievably efficient basketball right now, which we all knew he was capable of doing. They're the three seed right now. Now, don't get me wrong. We're talking about these teams being top four playoff seeds. I think that we would all say that of the ten teams that get into potentially playoff games, what we've talked about so far, everybody's getting in. But do you buy the Knicks as a top four seed right now, talking about the teams we need to uh, make way for? Not really. I, I think they're a good team. I think they have they have some some really good players. They don't have that star that a lot of the other teams have. Like even at, even Atlanta, who who is a good team, but they have Trey Young, and I don't think Julius Randle is on that level. Um, I think he's a good player, but you know he he averages twenty one and eleven, which is really good. But I don't I don't think that that is um, the kind of player that is going to drag a team to a top four seed and I'm not saying that the Knicks need to be dragged they have a good team I just don't think that they have the the kind of players that that they that is needed to get you to that mark and and like you said Evan Fournier really good addition um he can really shoot Kemba Walker we know what he can do he's a really good point guard and then Derek Rose off the bench he's also he's also really capable of of coming in and sparking a second unit, um, I just don't think that they're that the Knicks are quite in in top four territory. Dan, last team to talk about here in this top four is the Philadelphia 76ers. What in the world? Now oh, we boy. talked about this team going to trade Ben Simmons off for role players that would probably drag them into a dangerous six or seven seed. At least that's where I have them. I don't want to speak for everybody. I didn't think this team was particularly that good. Now we're talking about a smaller sample size, but Toby Harris is leading you in scoring. Seth. Curry He's is averaging sixteen real. points 50, per game. Fifty-four percent from three right now. Unbelievable. Just, I'm pretty sure he just we just uh, beat the Bulls like twenty seconds ago, and I'm pretty sure he just led us in scoring in that game. Too. Wait, we is, is the Sixers? I'm a Sixers fan. Oh, yeah. is Seth Curry the best? Get out. Was that not a coincidence? No, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know that. All right, get out. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, man gets stops. Joel Embiid gets buckets and controversy and all that. Got some scores off the bench too. Korkmaz, Niang, all averaging double digits. Shake Milton, I love Shake. Yeah, it's like what a name. It's no name. Hall of Fame, first ballot. (laughs) Yeah, Shake Milton. Definitely no doubt that uh, the chemistry has been there because most of these players have been playing for with each other for almost two years now. And um, once we get once we get an idea of where Ben Simmons is going and what we're getting for Ben Simmons, then I feel like we'll have a better idea of how the Sixers are going to be off for the rest of the year. But, like, it's just becoming a huge distraction because you can't talk about the Sixers without talking about Ben Simmons. <laughs> and that just – it's a huge question mark, I feel like, for the entire organization. But, I mean, George Niang, thank you, Utah Jazz, for uh, him. 
He's been an unreal uh, addition this year, and as well as Firkin. That's Firkin, excuse me, sorry. What did I say, Franken? Some garbage? Firkin Kirkmans, the boy. He's been unreal. I love him. And he looks like an athlete too. No, he really does. He really does. <laughs> but uh, I think I think they definitely have a spot, and I'm really buying into them. I like what they got going on. I love the team, but it's definitely a little bit weird compared to last year. That it's definitely not as much as an overpowering um, Eastern Conference team. But I feel like there's st- definitely a spot for them in the top four all season. All right, over to the Western Conference now, John, with the Utah Jazz. Number seven offense in terms of scoring points per game, fourth in terms of their scoring defense. Donovan Mitchell, Spider, uh, really not shooting that efficiently from distance. Gobert doesn't shoot at all. He's also playing very good basketball. He's averaging 14 rebounds per game. It's remarkable. He has the uh, highest field goal percentage right now. Yes, he does. Probably because he doesn't take as many shots. He is shooting uh, 72% from the floor right now. Uh, Bogdanovich. Uh, it, it hurts my soul when the Wizards traded that first-round pick from that year that they lost to the Celtics. Right. And the, that was like, oh, we got this score from the Nets. You can get 17 points per game. And he was terrible. And uh, now he's playing good ball. So is Mike Conley. So is Jordan Clarkson. I love Joe Ingles. There's just a deep roster. Very deep. A lot of people have it's said that. Derek Favors? I don't see him on here. I don't know if he's hurt. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, a lot of people that said this is, uh, if, if there was ever going to be a year for Utah, this is the year. Are you one of those people? I wouldn't say that necessarily this is their year to win a championship, but yeah, I absolutely buy Utah as being a top four team uh, by the end of the season. Utah, I mean, this is where they are the past three, four years as a franchise. They're top four competing in the West for, I mean, they're a lock for those playoff spots. They have a phenomenal regular season. And then what happens is they go to the playoffs, teams go to their smaller lineup, lineups, they bring Rudy Gobert out, take away the rim protection, and Gobert can't guard a guy out on the perimeter, so it exposes him. I think the Jazz are, it might be the same story again this year. I'm I'm not very high on Rudy Gobert. I don't like him personally, but it, you don't like him personally, oh, not at all. You, a personal you and a ton. No, that's of what NBA I mean. Fans. Like personally, no, yeah, I hate him for the. Uh, you hate him as a person. No, the, the, whole, the touching the microphone touching thing. Touching the microphones yeah. and then being the first player to yeah, get COVID. I will next say day. he deserved Defensive Player of the Year that year. He shut the league. Down. Was he the one that cried when he didn't make the yes. All Star team? John yeah. Rayleigh is going to be yes. throwing up when Rudy Gobert's a first ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, I will. Because we have man, our... If the man was six foot two, he'd be flipping burgers at McDonald's. The man has no skill set for the game of basketball whatsoever. All he knows. Is be tall block shot. John Rayleigh will not be drafting Rudy Gobert when the NBA puts him in their top 100 list in our fans. Anyone outside of Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Literally anyone. Jack would, Sigma versus Rudy Gobert. I would, take, Ish somebody, Smith. I would take somebody with one leg. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um, on that note, the Golden State Warriors, They're Ben Mackey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. Uh, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, uh, very much not buying them as a top four team. Can they go on a playoff run? Sure. But you look at the contributions that they're getting right now. Andrew Wiggins, whatever. Damian Lee is averaging 14 points per game. Jordan, Jordan Poole averaging 14 points per game. Love Poole. I do, but not to the tune of him being their third leading scorer for a team that's the second best team in the Western right. Conference. Does he start now? Uh, yeah, he started game one. Yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, there's, they start, come on, Looney. How is this the second-best team in the Western Conference? I understand Steph Curry's averaging 29 points per game, but I'm not buying this, Ben. Yeah, I'm not either, especially not since Klay Thompson is, is, is not going to be back for a while. Um, Steph is really just, just carrying this team. It's, we've been waiting for this team to get back into the mix of things, into the playoff conversation in those top, 
seeds for a few years now. They've had some injury troubles. Um, everybody, it seems like we've been waiting for Golden State to get back there. They're there right now, but I don't. I don't think it's sustainable. Uh, Steph very well could go on an average thirty plus, but you're right. I, I don't even know if Andrew Wiggins is a sixteen point a game scorer right now. Um, he's shooting well right now, but we saw last year that can go away very quickly with him. Um, I like Jordan Poole as well, uh, but he he's very young, and I don't I don't know if if fourteen points a game is sustainable for him. Uh, and you, uh, you mentioned Kevon, Kevon Looney starting at center. He's gonna he's gonna get eaten up by the best centers in the game. It, it, Rudy Gobert, <laughs> yeah, Ru- yeah. yeah, Rudy would put him on the block Rudy and just well, and yeah, Rudy Gobert. No, Rudy Gobert Rudy would put Gobert. him in Guantanamo Bay. No question. About that. <laughs> like Rudy Gobert is an outstanding post defender. I'm not gonna argue against. I'll that. Just, I'll I just I just hate him as a person. <laughs> the man stinks. Stupid French guy. But yes, the Warriors are gonna fall off. <laughs> All right. Um, another team that I'm not really buying right now, Dan, maybe you'll disagree, is those same Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, uh, in, in terms of the floor spacing, they're ninth best in the NBA in three-point shooting right now, which is astounding to me. LeBron doing LeBron things. It's only a matter of time, I think, before there's some butting heads in this roster. Anthony Davis is getting his, but you know, you've got Russ there. Kent Bazemore was a sneaky little sign that helped. Melo's playing really good ball right now, and I yeah, don't see that continuing. Yeah, I don't no, see no, no way. I don't see that at all. So I, I obviously you would agree they're not a top four oh, team. Yeah, one hundred percent. I don't think I don't think that they're gonna end up being top four by the end of the season. I don't think they're um that equipped considering that like their average age I think is like 32, 33 they're years. By old. far the oldest. Wait, like, when they when they play teams like Houston and OKC, like OKC and Houston, like they have chances to beat them if they just run. Houston around. lost by two to them last yeah, night. Yeah, and okay, they lo- they uh, gave up a twenty and point lead to the Thunder. Yeah, Houston had three. Is guys, this the same? Plus. Is this the same Austin Reeves from Oklahoma? Yes, that's he's, getting he's, twenty point minutes per game. He's been firing at all cylinders. He has been one of their best. They had to replace Alex Caruso with someone. <laughs> yeah. Austin Reeves, another, another silly looking white guy. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is Mac Got McClung in the G League for them? Or is he on their roster? No, he's not on the roster yeah, there's now. There's no way he sits. Um, but, yeah, um, I don't think they're playing to their fullest potential because, like, you see small glimpses of them just overpowering teams at times, but then when it's all said and done, like, they're still probably behind five points at that, like, when they do show those uh, types of glimpses. But, yeah, I don't think that they're going to sustain this all year. But if they do make roster moves, obviously, it's LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Carmelo Anthony. Like to see them go far in the finals or in the uh, playoffs, but I don't. Yeah, I don't it, think it that. doesn't really matter where they finish in the standings in the regular season. Well, yeah, and you're talking about roster moves. You know, down the line, they don't really have any money to do any of that. Yeah. Um, they'd have to move one of their big guys, which which they just spent a bunch of money on. Which the only one that they'd be willing to move is Russell Russ. Westbrook, and who wants know, to who take wants that contract? Russ. Yeah, the fact that the Wizards got off of that was remarkable. Right. They just lost tonight, unfortunately, to the Raptors. Uh, last team to talk about, by the way. I'm proud of being one of the early bandwagon Desmond Bain people. Uh, I was just talking about him. He has been unreal for them. Uh, for Memphis, John Morant. Uh, woo, man, I love watching him play. What else can you say about him? And Desmond Bain is shooting 41% from three. Uh, former Big 12 product. TCU, right? Uh, yes. Bain, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Anthony Melton as well. Jaron Jackson Jr., who I also love. He's from. He's cut from the same cloth as the the Luke Wiggs prototype big man. It's him and Miles Turner. You see a lot and of absolutely in nobody. Game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My player comp. No, yeah. mine's like they used to call me the Christian Jarrett Jack. 
that that that's that's that, that's my <laughs> hey jared jack had a long career in the nba <laughs> playing for a lot of different teams back when i could play and i was in shape it was ricky rubio and jared jack that was that was those were my two player comps that i got more than anybody was jared jack and ricky rubio two journeymen <laughs> two pass first guys couldn't shoot um are we buying john uh memphis is a top four team love them in the playoffs there's not a, they're definitely not a team regardless of what my seed is that i want to play in the first round what are your thoughts it's tough because i look at the west this year and it's just not what it used to be there's n- i mean the east is on I the think, come up no i think the east is not even on the come up i think i think it's better right there. now they, they, they already the came there the east is the best <laughs> conference i mean I, the suns are gonna rise the Clippers, yeah. I don't know about. No Kawhi. Can Paul George do it kind of by himself? You know? Like, I think the Grizzlies could be a top-four team at the end of the year. I mean, Jaws dynamic. He's going to be able to play a lot of games. they got a lot of young guys. You know, they're not going to be as fatigued at the end of the year as teams like the Lakers are just because of the whole age factor. So I think that, yeah, the Grizzlies could have a shot at sneaking into that four spot. I think the question is, is John Moran a 28-point-per-game scorer? I don't think he is. No, but I don't think he's far off. I think he's in that he's, like 24. I yeah, feel like he's range. closer to 22. The problem, in like though— like a seven-game spread, I think he can do it, the, honestly. Yeah, the problem, not, not for the whole season. I don't the, think that's sustainable. The problem with him, though, if I'm correct, he's among the top five or six players in the NBA right now in points in the paint. He's got, Which means he's yeah. taking a lot of contact at the yeah, rim. He's he got the third best average right now for points and the like one of the best field goal percentages right now too. Yeah, well, he it's because he doesn't shoot a ton of jump shots like a lot. No, of he's attempting do. 15 yeah, shots from two point range, which is all under the rim. For he's, him. In, he's in the paint with Rudy Gobert. <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's gonna dunk him. all over Rudy <laughs> Gobert's stupid face. Oh man! All right, now the moment that everybody's been waiting for. Um, I've just made the executive decision that I promise I will re-simulate everything next week to see if we can have take two because this is going to be marred in controversy. Luke's gone soft. I know. I, I... I knew did when this was, was he happening. He can't take the did criticism you get, from John did you get over Jason here. Kid on my roster because I didn't see him in the screenshot you sent me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wait. I sent you a screenshot. Yeah. I told you to email me the teams. Yeah. 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 Kids cut off. I have. Right, I have proof of that right, right now. I just want to make sure. Okay. So here's how things worked. Um, you can only have three teams at a time, which was annoying because I had to delete and then reestablish. But I, I kept depth charts reasonable. Blah blah blah. So everybody played everybody four times, and then the two best teams advanced to the championship, which we will be simulating here in just a moment. That sounds fair. Dan versus John was the first quote-unquote series, again, playing four games. And Dan got off to a remarkable start, taking three or four games from John Rayleigh. Jeez. Oh. Dan were, they, were they close? Were they close? 112-96. Uh, to 96. John wins 98-87. Then he loses 110-98, and then 113-105. My team's supposed oh to have all these... Wait, look, James Harden, Kobe Bryant, Hakeem Olajuwon. I'll tell you what I'll do. All you need, all you, dude, all I need is Dirk Nowitzki. That's t- all I need. This, game has, this game has recency bias. Um, I, I would agree with that when we look at the stats. Uh, by the way, if you want to set up your depth chart, by the way, which is... I will say one game. You can you can call foul on one game Gary Payton started at point guard for you. So you can fix that if uh, you want. I'm not even that mad about Okay, that. so we move from that to Dan keeping winning streaks alive against Daniel Woods. Just happy to be here, man. Sweeps him. Four games. All right, well, at, least one, I put, at least I put up a, somewhat of a fight. Yeah. So at this point, Dan is 7-1. and one. Then it's Woods v. Rayleigh. John gets back to winning ways, taking three of four from Daniel. So Daniel's team got... Hurt. Yeah. So then I delete. I think I deleted Daniels. Put my own roster in. So now it's uh, me against Schuster, and we split two and two. 
I promise. I've got the box scores from every game. Oh, In fact, the only liar. person the only person who can cry foul from this is Dan, who bought spoiler alert's the number one team. I oh. had to redo the first two simulations against Daniel because I didn't take pictures of the box score. And I think you would have been a one win better uh, than All what right. you ended up being. But it doesn't matter. Uh, two and two there. Then, and I've got scores from each one of these, John, I promise. We play each other. Wiggs sweeps Rayleigh. Wow. I, I, Not as good as you thought, man. Let me go look Not at as good. First, Ray Allen and Larry Bird. <laughs> Reggie Miller. What are we doing? Ray, listen. Listen. Reggie Miller, insane for me. I don't know what happened. Like, I, I was thinking, I wanted him. Who was like my, who was my top guy? Who am I? So here's, two? I'll get to that in a second oh, yeah, because then I play Daniel. Uh, Daniel keeps me from winning outright because we split. So the final records in the regular season: Schuster nine and three. I'm eight and four. John's four and eight. Oh, Daniel's God, three and nine. Um, I started by keeping stats for your three best players for just Dan, and I hated myself for it because oh. it took forever, and I stopped. Uh, so I'll send you the box score. I'll send you the screenshots. Okay. Because uh, Jordan, Steph, and Wilt were insane. I stopped with my team because it was like Shaq would get 15 and 12, Reggie Miller would get in double figures, and then it was just somebody new every game. Mm -hmm. uh, Dan had the best offense and defense, unsurprisingly. 108 oh points per game, God. 100 points given up. Uh <laughs> Second best offense was me, followed by John, followed by Daniel. John, your problem, unfortunately, was you just couldn't stop anybody. Dan's team shoots. I, I drafted defenders. No, you said Gary the Glove, man. James um, Harden came back to bite you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan's team shoots 40% from three. That's the best. My team's the best rebounding team, averaging 50 rebounds a game, which is unbelievable. Gee, wait, who, who, what big men do you have? Uh, well, it Shaq. helps that yeah, had yeah, Shaq, Dennis Rodman, mm -hmm. and Larry Bird on the floor at the same yeah, time. Right. certainly helps. Understandable. Um, and then Daniel's team led an assist with 36.8 per game. John, by the way, if you're wondering about your stats, 36% from three as a team, 47 rebounds a game, 30 assists. I promise I will. So I'm close in all three. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, let's be honest. Oh, Daniel got taken behind the woodshed here. Um, <laughs> everybody else, it was close. Don't get me wrong. So with that being said, you can have sole uh, grasp of the regular season title, Dan Schuster. But thank you. We are going to do my team against your team. Best of five uh, NBA Finals right here. By the way, um, I set your home arena. Yours is the only one I didn't really think because I couldn't. I didn't know what team you rooted for. Mm -hmm. You're in the Air Canada Center. I'm in Keele oh, Auditorium I'll in St. Louis. It. John, you're in. Is it the Toyota Center? It is the Toyota and Center. And then uh, Daniel's up in who knows what Minneapolis. Who cares? <laughs> All right. So Dan Schuster's team against Luke Wiggs's team. We're going to do best of five. Uh, I'm just going to leave home and away. It doesn't matter in the simulation. I hope you trust me there. It is a Keel Auditorium in St. Louis. Um, my starting five of Oscar Robertson, Reggie Miller, Larry Bird, Dennis Rodman, Shaquille O'Neal against Steph Curry, Michael Jordan, Dr. J, Dirk Nowitzki, Will Chamberlain. We will begin with game one. That team defended better than mine. <laughs> it apparently defended Steph. better okay. than everybody. Okay, Wilt, though. Wilt the stilt, dude? <laughs> All right. Um... I will have to switch home and road just to keep things fair because it is a 127 win to 99 for Luke Wiggs' team. No shenanigans. I have the scores right here. Uh, game one box score. You just score. made that score up. Yeah. Commission puts it in, man. <laughs> Michael Jordan goes for 30 in this game. Shaquille O'Neal, 28 points. Larry Legend, 25. Yeah, flu game or something. Dennis Rodman, 6 points, 15 rebounds. I love that. 14 points off the bench for KG. Brian Scalabrini's for me combined for six for you. They combined for just a free throw. So there's the difference maker. Wow. All right. Mr. Scalabrini. Game two stays in St. Louis. Uh, Schuster against Wiggs before we flip and have to go to the Air Canada Center. And the result is, wait for it, wait for it. He's changing the score. No, uh, I didn't. All right, here we go. 
Dan Schuster wins game two, 116-112. Every single one of your starters finish in double figures. You also get 13 in points and 10 points, respectively, for Anthony Davis and Damian Lillard off the bench. Your leading scorer, Steph Curry, goes for 25. For me, my leading scorer is Shaq. Uh, goes for 20 and 10. Rodman goes for 5 and 10. I love these stat lines. Larry Bird goes for 10 and 13. 5 and 10 is a very honest stat line for Dennis. It really Bryant. is. All right. That so now, yeah, 5 yeah. might be a little much. Yeah. Ten, All right. 10 might be a yeah. little low. Low, yeah. So now we go back to the Air Canada Center here. Game 3, tied up at a game apiece. Whoops, hang on. Set away. Set home. All right, here we go. Air Canada Center. Game three is the setting for this matchup. Don't disappoint a home crowd, man. Wiggs wins this one, 111 oh. to 101. 18 points for Bird. 19 points off the bench for Giannis. He's a little bit of a cheat code because I have him getting minutes at the five, so I'm curious what that has to do with anything. Steph Curry goes for 22. Jordan goes for 20 in this game that you shoot third. I shoot seven of 14 from three. What can I say? All right. Chance to close the deal here for Wiggs. I feel bad about this now that it's my team. Yeah. I, I promise it's not yeah, rigged. I don't, I don't believe this for a second now. <laughs> yeah, well, hop, not, on, hop not, on the wagon with Yeah, me. I wish this I would have realized this a little bit ago. Some collusion. You told me I was the best team. All right, here we go. I'm impartial uh, in this, and I think Luke cheated. I know. I feel, <laughs> I'm, I'm putting these simulations in at work today. I was like, God, they're going to hate me. What do I do? All right, here we go. Game four. Air Canada Center oh, come on. must win for Schuster, and it is a win. Let's go. One twenty-four to one fourteen. So you have to five. you have to flip for game five because you just arbitrarily gave yourself home field. That's true. That's a good point. Um, we'll we'll decide that here in just a second. Michael Jordan goes off for twenty-five. Uh, somehow randomly pick home and away for this next flip one here, Ben. A coin. You had regular season record. Call it. Uh, tails. Waiting. It is heads. No, it's tails, right? That's tails. <laughs> it, is, it is heads. Luke, Luke gets home court. I'm trying to see what one. Oh, my goodness. We shot three of 11 from three in this game. Uh, we only turned the ball over nine times. My team does not turn the ball we. over. I'll tell you. We. I listen. listen. Luke's, Luke's on the sideline in his suit, telling yeah. him what to do. I will say. Just screaming at I Larry lost Bird. this game, and neither of my <laughs> Scalabrini's played. Your Scalabrini's got 14 minutes in this game. Did not score. Uh, did not attempt a shot. Uh, three rebounds for one of them, by the way. All right, uh, so what was it? I'm You're home. Okay, You're let home. me let me change. All right, here, I'll do it all where you guys can see it. Live on the air here. Oh, change away. Come on, pull change this out. Hole. All right, so Schuster set away. Wig set home. Play game. Simulating. Wait, <laughs> oh, oh, 30, a 38 point win in game five. Uh, no, no way. Get out of bed for the championship uh, no, game. I must have pressed something wrong. Listen, when uh, I was doing my minutes. Listen, my bench just, oh my gosh. Yeah, they realized they realized what, what time it was, unlike me. 21 for Shaq, 16 for Larry, 12 for Reggie Miller, 11 oh, for gosh. Ray Allen, 21 for Giannis, 14 for KG, 12 for Steve Nash, 12 for Isaiah Thomas. I feel bad. It was it was the time difference that got to dance. It, mu it must have been going from Canada to <laughs> St. Yeah. Louis. Yeah, it must have been. All right. Um, hey, there's always next year. I'm, I got. I got there's always next boys. week because we are going to resimulate it for next week. Um, even I'll, I'll even then, then it's going to be me and Daniel. <laughs> oh man, we have to get Ben involved. Ben, if you can make me, I'll send you the rosters if you want. Um, uh, Team of players that have not been taken, oh, I will put man. them in the oh, My team man, would be brutal. <laughs> my team would be brutal. Gonna take, like, I'm, hey, I'm going to throw gonna Dwight like, Howard Bob on there. You got George you're Mikan. Get, you're going to get a George lot of deceased Mikan, players. Jerry Lucas. Dwight Howard, Jameer Nelson, Hito Turkaloo. It has to be from the list. Richard hey, Lewis. Pistol Jerry, Pete is available. Jerry West. Jerry West is on Can there. Can I West say this, uh, though, Dan? Because I was really fired up about that. Uh, 
that fantasy draft. I thought it was a good idea by yours truly. Show the rosters to a lot of people in the court of public opinions, almost unanimously your team, including my dad, who when he found out you took Bill Russell with the last pick in the draft, threw a tantrum that nobody else had picked Bill yeah, Russell I, up dude, until that point. Because he's got a million and, million and one rings. I was like, He's a he's, winner. Yeah, yeah, I needed more big guys. So it all the the court of public opinion, by the way, hated mine and Daniel's team. It was like 80% Dan Schuster, 20% John. So we'll see if John... See, I, I again, all... On, I, on paper, my team's really good. <laughs> all, the whole thing flipped for no reason. I swear, impartial, depth trust, whatever. My team swept yours, and I don't know why. I'll, I'll even look... We'll look at the box scores here during the break if you want. we got to find a new system. I guess so. Uh, well, I'll, I'll have you... you got to uh, run it on 2K. Oh, dude, Aww. I'm a terrible 2K. Uh, elite, listen. The games. Listen. I would lose elite 2K game. general manager, subpar 2K player over here, Luke Wiggs. I, I do not mess around when it comes to franchise mode or whatever it's called. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the NBA segment. I promise we'll have re-simulations next week to see if we can pick a new champion. Regular season goes to Jan, Dan. Postseason goes to Luke. Can that change next week? You'll have to find out. World Series recap is next as the sports page continues on U92. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Year two of Mountaineer Soccer under Dan Stratford can be heard all season long on U92. Tune in 30 minutes before every home game and select road games as we bring you comprehensive coverage of the Mountaineers on the pitch. U92 is also the only place for talk sports radio dedicated specifically for men's and women's soccer. Find the kickabout with host Liam Bellin every Wednesday night from 7 to 8. 91.7 FM presents Mountaineer Soccer Live, a service of U92 Sports. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Year two of Mountaineer Soccer under Dan Stratford can be heard all season long on U92. Tune in 30 minutes before every home game and select road games as we bring you comprehensive coverage of the Mountaineers on the pitch. U92 is also the only place for talk sports radio dedicated specifically for men's and women's soccer. Find the kickabout with host Liam Bellin every Wednesday night from 7 to 8. 91.7 FM presents Mountaineer Soccer Live, a service of U92 Sports. Hi, it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance. Say hi, guys. When I adopted them, I discovered that they both have incredible personalities. Chance's sole purpose in life is to love and to be loved. Frankie is a little bit of a scoundrel and always entertaining. They're a little bit of a lot of things, but they're all pure love. Adopt pure love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund.
Final segment of the sports page here on U92 The Moose. Jimmy Gaudio has replaced Dan Schuster. The rest remain the same. John Raley and Ben Mackey filling in for uh, the absent Daniel Woods. John Raley, this is probably the worst down bad show for you. Uh, <laughs> oh, big time. Fantasy team doesn't pan out on solely equal terms, I promise. Um, and the Strohs. Um, Fold. We had, Sold on me. We, we had uh, a chance for... Uh, meme history to be made with Atlanta or Georgia teams I should say blowing another lead that would have been oh, oh man I I don't I I don't feel bad for anything to come out of the state of Georgia I would feel bad if that were to happen uh they jump out Saturday they'll go up uh three games to one in that three two game um and then Sunday Stroh's come back with what I thought was a, a heck of a statement there I thought um, so too absolutely phenomenal game go down four runs early giving up that grand slam and then you give up the home run later to I believe it was Freddie Freeman and uh, you know you just claw back keep fighting uh, get on base bring guys in and end up winning uh, but then unfortunately things fall apart yesterday seven nothing those are the worst um, when it just happens slowly when it, it's not inevitable because it's baseball and anything can right. happen but it just it just just starts to fester they score three runs in the third three runs in the fifth and a run in the seventh as well uh, Garcia gets knocked out earlier Javier gives up runs out of the bullpen Second uh, time in a row he's done that. And I just think that, in the end, the deficiencies for the Astros were just a little bit too much to cover. I agree. I think that, uh, I mean, Garcia came out and struck out three guys in the first two innings. I mean, he was playing phenomenal the first two innings. Gives up the three-run shot in the third to Soler, which was the hardest-hit baseball I've Incredible. ever seen in my life. He absolutely I – mean, did you guys see the picture of the ball? It he was, literally – I mean, he, like, dented mm, it. It was yeah. uh, it's insane. It was Albert Pujols uh, recreated the moment in the uh, – what was it? The NLCS 2005. Yeah, 2005. Yeah, when he crushed yeah. it over so, uh, Soler murdered that, and then I think it was Dansby Swanson hit another one uh, later on. And I kind of got the feeling when Soler hit that three-run shot that I was like – this one might this one might be over. I mean, I know they came back from four down the other the previous game, but um, I don't know. It almost just had a different feel to it. Being back at home and like watching the look on everyone's faces in the home crowd, just be like, oh, not this again. <laughs> I would I would be interested to know what team in MLB postseason history has given up a the most grand slams and b the most uh, home runs in one postseason because the Astros gave up four grand slams this postseason. And I couldn't even tell you how many homers. I feel like almost every single run that was scored against the Astro came off of either a solo home run or a home run with RBIs in front of it. Well, when you look how things were successful for Atlanta uh, in this one, Jimmy, Max Fried obviously has the, the dominant performance to close things out there uh, in Game 6. It was Ian Anderson that was lifted uh, throwing the no-hitter. Was it Thursday? Friday. Friday, sorry. Yeah. Uh, goes five scoreless, gets lifted, and the bullpen doesn't blow it with Jackson Minter, Matzik Smith all combining to shut out the Strohs there. Just the elite front of the rotation pitching and then cobbling together the rest of Atlanta's success. By the way, I didn't think it at the time, but looking back at it now, pulling Anderson there, maybe not in the fifth. I may have let him go another inning. Pulling him was the necessary and correct move because he had only thrown 39 strikes at that point. Uh, but Freed and uh, Anderson, that's uh, your and my boys, respectively, if we look at our fantasy teams. Yeah, I mean, I thought this series was pretty interesting in that uh, – very heavy bullpen series. I mean, absolutely not a lot of starters that go. Both teams' uh, number one guys get hurt too. Exactly. I mean, not a lot of guys going over four innings. I mean, you had Ian Anderson go five, had Max Fried go six yesterday. But outside of that, 
very bullpen heavy series and uh, we saw the bats come alive in a few of the games this series but for the most part bullpen uh, doing very well for the Braves obviously it faltered for the Astros yesterday uh, a couple guys I really expect to have some better series like Framber Valdez really oh, struggled in the series very, over a 19 ERA I mean in the end obviously those injuries the Lance McCullers being out for the whole year Verlander kind of come back to to bite him in the end and um Unfortunately for you, Johnny, you probably aren't going to stop hearing the, you know, they can't oh, win never, without cheating. Never. Uh, that's been going around social media all day today. It's all, and it's all the people who are fans of 100 lost teams <laughs> that say to a team that's gone to five ALCSs in a row. Yeah, but I mean, like Luke said, I mean, I would have felt terrible if the Braves would have blown a 3-1 lead like they have, uh, like they did last year and like all other Atlanta teams have done in the past. But right. I mean, a hard fought. Uh, series for the Braves and also well deserved for Freddie Freeman sticking with the Braves for Absolutely. what over 10 years the team he got drafted by he comes up with a few clutch hits in this series homers yesterday so um, honestly I mean if you're a baseball fan I mean I just think this is a good, great series to watch and uh, well deserved by the Braves in the end uh, any arguments for Soler winning MVP? Hits 300, three homers, six ribbies, no, three walks. No, he absolutely deserved it. I would have liked to maybe give Ian Anderson a little bit of love, but Ben, you hit that monstrous home run there in Game Six, and the, obviously the body of work before that. Then it, it does seem like he's the easy choice. Yeah, and he hit three go-ahead home runs in the World Series. I mean, there's really no arguing against that. Um, I thought he definitely deserved it. And Jimmy, you kind of talked about how it was pretty bullpen heavy, heavy this series, and it seemed like the Braves had the two best relievers coming out of the pen in Matzik and Smith. Um, they, they, they both pitched very well in the World Series, and they helped to put away some games um, that the Astros were, were trailing in. Um, so, yeah, the Braves definitely deserved to win this series, and the Solar bomb uh, really kind of put it away pretty early uh, last night. And it's going to be interesting to see both of these teams have – some free agents coming up, uh, especially Carlos Correa for, for the Astros. It's going to be interesting to see. I don't know, John, you're a fan of them. You probably know better than I do. I, I don't know if they have the money to bring him back. Well, I'll tell you but, what, before we uh, jump into that, because I'm an idiot and I forgot to take uh, turn off the brakes, let's step aside for just a moment so we can get these thoughts in because I don't want to uh, cut anybody short. Uh, we're going to step aside for just a second and wrap up the MLB segment after this as the sports page continues on U92. Ever wanted to get into college radio or just get your voice out there? The Moose is always hiring volunteers. All are welcome. Just visit u92themoose.com and at the menu, click Staff in Contact or join U92 The Moose. We hope to see you. WWVU-FM, Morgantown. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Just because you miss Day of Giving doesn't mean you can't donate to U92 The Moose. If you ever want to make a donation to support your favorite non-for-profit, non-commercial college radio station, email us at u92atmail.wvu.edu. 
WWVU FM Morgantown. Sorry about that, folks. We're back here for the final segment. Wanted to make sure that everybody got their day in court. As we uh, spend time, you were talking about Carlos Correa coming back, potentially the Astros. Uh, uh, John? I think, yeah, uh, when you ask about, you know, do the Astros have the capability of resigning, that's one of the beautiful things about baseball. There's no salary cap. So if you want to sign a guy, go dig in your pockets and come up with the money to sign him. I think Carlos Correa over the years has proven just how valuable he is to the Astros and how valuable he is to winning. I think the entire MLB knows that, and I think he'll probably be the top free agent that everyone's going to be looking to sign. Um, I think, you know, you're going to have Jordan Alvarez again next year, who's 24 right now. You're going to have Kyle Tucker again next year, who's 24 right now. You're going to get Lance McCullers back. Framber Valdez is going to get another year better. You're still going to have Luis Garcia, who was a rookie this year. You're still going to have Altuve. You're still going to have Bregman. Um, I think the Astros have, you know, if you go out, if you're Houston and you go out and you find a legit starter to come into your lineup and a guy who can come out of your bullpen and has some nice stuff that he can throw at other teams once you get into the postseason, I think there's no reason why the Astros can't be back in the same spot again next year. There's just so much talent. They're bringing back Dusty Baker. They already announced that. But, I mean, the Astros, I think they're, I mean, they're going to be a really good team again next year. I think they're going to be close to 100 wins again. I don't see them really taking a huge fall off. You know what's funny? Um, I obviously manages the team, so it doesn't make sense that we say this. I'd rather see the Astros win a championship than Dusty Baker win a championship. That's not it. <laughs> Not, You're a, not a dusty baker. <laughs> Did you see the guy who is it? Uh, Washington. He's like the third base coach Ron for the Washington. Braves. He's been in baseball for 50 years. Yeah. This was his first championship he's ever won. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Was he not the manager of the Rangers when Rangers. they went? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm aware. Wash. Um, the Dusty Baker Tony Larusa rivalry is why they, uh, they were just. They, they, I mean, they were both sorry heels in that Good situation. Uh, Jimmy, on the other side of things for the Braves, a lot of mouths to feed in this offense, but you also probably have to revamp this rotation because you know you've got two horses. I am of the opinion that Charlie Morton's probably thrown his last pitch in baseball. I might be wrong. Yeah, and I really hope not, obviously. I mean, he's been so great despite his age. I feel like he's ageless in a way. I mean, still uh, throwing uh, mid-90s, 94, 95 miles an hour, great stuff on his off-speed, a guy that could really get it done in the clutch. I mean... Obviously, with the fibia fracture now, I mean, who knows what his future holds. I hope he can come back, but obviously you're just going to have to build around Max Fried and Ian Anderson for the future. So uh, looking for next year for the Braves, definitely a top priority would be to get another starting pitcher. Uh, Don't really know what's going to happen with the outfielders. Now they have plenty of outfielders, as Ben and I were saying during the break with Acuna coming back. You have a lot of mouths to feed there for sure. So I'm not sure how many of them are free agents. But if you need to trade one of them to get a starting pitcher, that might be an option and uh, something that the Braves should look into. Um, yeah, and I just want to ask you this, Jimmy. Um, of the of the Braves outfielders, you got Acuna and Soler and Peterson. Soler and Peterson really played well in the postseason. If you were – yeah, and Rosa. Oh, yeah, and of and course, Rosario, Eddie, and Eddie Adam Rosario. Duvall. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so many. Who plays center field? Who plays right? Who plays left? Well, I'd definitely say Acuna when he comes back. To play Soler center. and Acuna are the only two locks, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, mean, I mean, they're not, not Ro- going to dump the guy. Eddie Rosario. I feel like Rosario is. Mm, that, that's, that's I would close. almost say Rosario is more of a lock than Soler. I feel like it would be Rosario, Soler. Acuna. That would be it for me. Yeah. And then I'm not. I'm not. Then, I'm also, for shot, whatever reason, try to bring Peterson shot, back. You shot Peterson maybe, and then Duvall could be kind of a guy that 
It's kind of like a rotational kind of piece because yeah. he's more of a guy that's going to hit. I'm power. not. Jacques Peterson did not have a very good series hitting the ball against the Astros. I'm not a big Peterson guy either for yeah, whatever I'm not, reason. I'm, not, I'm, I'm also he's very like, on and off. I don't like yeah. the, the pearls and the frosted tips. I'm I mean, also the guys like if Guy Fieri was in the MLB. I'm also not a huge fan. I know he's young of Austin Riley. I think that's one of your big p- potential positions of upgrade in the offseason and moving one of those outfielders. I mean, he can was give you really up. good in the postseason, though. No, don't get me wrong. I, I, yeah. I'm just I'm not a huge fan of him long term. I just don't like the build and I don't like the batted ball profile. But that's a conversation and, for another day. Chris Bryant, though, he I think he's becoming a free agent. He is, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know Mark that's been, that's be been potential in the past for Bryant to go to Atlanta. I feel like that could splash some cash down there in the ATL. You never know. Yeah, and they All have right. to re-sign Freddie Freeman, but they're going to do no, that. They better do that. He has the whitest teeth of any human being. They're, they're <laughs> perfect. They have to be veneers. You have to be. Dude's got ivory. He's got George Washington teeth. No, literally. He went, it's a, it's he an elephant he went, tusk. Yeah, hunt, hunted down an elephant, hand-carved it, polished it himself. And now he's and got a ring to go it. along yeah, with those pearly whites. All right, guys, final question uh, before we wrap up the show. It's been a great show, as always. Thank you, Ben Mackey, for filling in. Mm, I find it very, very, very unlikely that we're going to have a repeat matchup in the World Series next year between Atlanta and Houston. I find it very unlikely that both either of these teams would be back in the World Series last year. However, we'll go around the room, beginning with Ben Mackey, make your case for one of these two teams, uh, the Braves to repeat, or for Houston to get uh, the proverbial monkey off their back and potentially win the ring. Well, if you have to choose between these two, the, I think the obvious answer is Houston. They're, they're stacked they they have a lot of guys coming back. They got to figure out Correa. Um, we'll see what they decide to do there. I'm not sure that they bring him back because they let Springer walk. I know they had Tucker right behind him, but they did let Springer walk. Um, they just need a couple of pieces to to uh, really put themselves over the top. They were close to 100 wins this year. The Braves, on the other hand, I they were kind of lightning in a bottle. They kind of just got hot at the right time. I don't know if they're actually as good over the course of a season as they were just in the postseason. So I think if if you have to choose between these two teams, Houston has the better chance of getting back. I would say the Braves are, you know, I think they could sustain it over a season. I do think they as they are as good as advertised, but you got to keep in mind that the NL is just stacked. There's so much competition in that league. So just comparing Atlanta to who they have to go up against in the National League, Next year, I mean, obviously, the Dodgers are coming back uh, stronger than ever. Obviously, the Padres struggled this year towards the end, but I really do think they'll come around at some point. Uh, You got maybe the Mets. I mean, the Mets have been really disappointing for the last how many years. We keep saying they're going to be good, but they aren't. Uh, They got to compete with them in their own division. Uh, And then, obviously, going to the Central, you got great teams like the Cardinals coming back and the Brewers as well. So I would say relative to their competition, I feel like the Braves uh, are definitely going to have the harder time getting back to the World Series. And I do think the Astros have the AL West on lock. And then it just comes down to basically who they're going to play in the ALCS or ALDS. And I think they're better than the White Sox. And then uh, when it comes to the Rays and Yankees, um, see, that's a toughie. But I I do think they're one or two moves away, like you said, Ben. Uh, they need to add a starting pitcher and a uh, bullpen arm, and I really feel like the, the American League next year is theirs. I'm going to go with a little bit of sp- surprise pick here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think the Astros are <laughs> going to have a little bit better of a shot. I think, Jimmy, you made some phenomenal points about the NL just being absolutely stacked. Like you said, the Dodgers are going to be exactly what they were again uh, next year. 
The Giants getting 107 wins, a little bit of a shock right there, but you kind of expect them to at least be competitive. Yeah. And, you, know, you don't expect them, obviously, to win that many games again next year, but they're still going to be a decent ball club. But I, I do agree the uh, Astros own the AL West, and I think that you know they're they're just going to be they're going to be fresh going into whatever ALDS series you know whatever team they end up squaring off against, and I like our chances against any three of them. Uh, like you guys both said, get a starting pitcher this off season, get a relief pitcher, maybe add another hitter, and uh, I think this team is exactly where it needs to be. All right, John Raley gets the final word on this edition of the Sports Page. Special thanks to everybody that came on, and for Ben Mackey, of course, who filled in admirably for Daniel Woods. If you missed all or part of this show, you can find it in its podcast form wherever podcasts are found. This has been the Sports Page on U92.